Oh, hey, oh, seriously, we're, we're starting now. I told Super Don, delay the show. I'm not ready. Ah, oh, man, middle of the week. It's crazy. Just got a call from Clay Car- Clark. Yeah, that's how it said. Reawaken America Tour is on. France and Missouri, I'm going to be there. All right, all right, I said it. <laughs> it's another trip, but it's going to be pretty awesome, I have to admit. All right, today on the show, we've got uh, Melissa O'Connor. We talk about that event coming up in San Diego uh, in I don't know. I think it'd be more drag queen library reading sessions. Do we have to protest that again? We'll get there. Freedomrevival.com is the thing we'll talk about. Experts admit that you will never be fully jabbed. That's that's a topic in and of itself. We'll get to that and a whole lot more. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Share the show. And we'll be with you in just a moment. Educational opportunities abound on the Robert Scott Bell Show to empower you to bring back that power to heal where it belongs with each and every one of you. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right. I know what Super Don you want me to start with, and I do want to start with that story, but I, I got I got a just a, a minor detour just to just get it off my chest because it's my show, like, even though I'm trying to – give it up to other people every day. I'm like, I'm not ready. Super Don, can we turn the show over to, you know, name the guest today? <laughs> They'll be awesome. And we do have an awesome guest coming up in Melissa O'Connor. All right. This, you know, I've been, I've been, I don't know if vacillating is the right word, but back and forth on the reawaken America tour. Clay Clark came on the show a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Now, I don't know. I said, Robert, we want you speaking at the next event, the final one of the calendar year in Branson, Missouri. And it's in the in the throes and the stretch of a six week period of being out of town more than I am home, basically. And I'm like, oh, I, I was looking, I was gonna be home. And so just waiting. There wasn't a lot of details. Yes, I was complaining a little bit on the air and off the air. Like, where are the details to this thing? Clay Clark calls me this morning. Dag it. Confirmed everything. Yep, it's on. Here's where you're speaking. This is the day, this is the time, this is the place. We want you there. We got you set up for radio row, whatever it is, interview people. Oh man. So I should be elated. And and part of me is because it's pretty cool. I'll be speaking right after Dr. Batar, Dr. Brian Artis and Dr. Simone gold. That's pretty cool on Saturday. The, I guess it's coming up, not this weekend, but next, or is it this weekend? No, next weekend. Yeah. Cause this, this weekend I'm going to be in Austin, Texas with Andy Wakefield. So I, I don't mean to call you guys out and go, you're, you're tuning in to hear all the good news and all it's good news. And it sounds like I'm complaining. I'm just kind of getting it off my chest and I'm going to make peace with it. Thank you, Clay Clark for the invitation. I will be there confirmed. Now question is, will you be there? So if you're going to be in Branson, Missouri, let me know. I, and, and after all the, you know, one of the most amazing things about this pie. Yes, that's right. P I E. I, uh, we did our AMA yesterday. AMA ask me anything for our patron supporters. And it was awesome. We had a very special guest, the world's best courage coach, Laban Ditchburn joined in from studio, which was awesome. And Leslie was there. Leslie, our, our, she's been on the show, I believe. Yeah, she's amazing. A mom of six girls and her husband, James. They're awesome. Super Don knows how awesome they are because she has sent him organic vegan kind of cookies that were like out of this world. And she sent us some stuff that is amazing. So super D no, it was a pie. Actually, was it a pie? Not cooked. It was a pie. I thought, I thought a she fit. included something that I didn't get. It was a pecan pie. 
I think you're forgetting cookies. I just have this memory that she sent you some. No, maybe I got cookies too. Yeah, yeah. I'm just what I'm thinking. I didn't get okay. them. I'm not complaining, but now I can rub it in your face because it looks like I might get Leslie to make some organic vegan pie. That's okay, that dude. You deserve it. If you're going to Branson, Missouri, you deserve yeah. it. So yeah, now that, now that we all feel sorry for you. And yeah, well, our buddy KT is going to be riding down. I'm going to meet him in St. Louis. Meet me in St. Louis. And uh, that's how it's going to happen. It was just crazy to the to this point. So anyway, right before showtime, that's why I was kidding, but not kidding, going, hey, Super Don, do you think that uh, uh, Melissa can take the show? Because <laughs> I'm just like out of my mind trying to figure all, all this stuff out. <sighs> so it's a whole new crowd, a whole new audience. I'll be in front of it, I guess, there. And yeah, yeah. huge I'll, audience. I'll reunite and, with some uh, people that I really know and love and care about. So that's cool. And hopefully y'all really- will be there, too. Really cool opportunity, I think. So, but yeah. you know, you're the one that's got to do it. So, well, you know, and, right? and be honest, look, my wife has been encouraging me. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. And when I say that to other people, they joke and they say, well, yeah, because you've been home too much. She, she, she <laughs> wants you out of the house. <laughs> Get out of here. I don't doubt that either. But honestly, okay. She's feeling it. I was just reluctant. I'm fighting it, but it's okay. I'm going to be there. We're going to, we're going to bring it to the folks in uh, Branson, Missouri for the Reawaken America Tour. Thanks to Clay Clark. All right, now I've got that off my chest. I feel a little better. And now we can talk about the opening story, which is in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. And by the way, Superdon, did you put out for the uh, patron supporters the video already? I know you said you got it downloaded. I've got it uploaded to uploaded. Vimeo, but I haven't posted it yet in Patreon. Oh, it I'll wasn't it a, seriously, wasn't it amazing what we were able to do yesterday? It was a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. And and like I said, I got the, the dirt was dished on me by Laban because he, you know, he and his wife have been visiting with us for almost two months. And I figured this would be the opportunity to let y'all know Whatever. what I'm you really like. You know there's no dirt. I was thinking he'd find, no, he might have found something. You don't know. Yeah. Well, you do know you were there. Dirt under your fingernails, maybe. That's right. Yeah, from the garden. Anyway, got a lot of fun. So shout out to Laban and, and Anna. They're on their way to Mexico for the next uh, leg of their adventure and journey, doing amazing, amazing things. Uh, but what's amazing is the New York Supreme Court right now. They have laid down a ruling that reinstates all employees fired for being not jabbed and even orders back pay. You know, may it bankrupt Kathy Hochul personally. I know it won't. It's not coming out of her pocket, all the stuff that she did. Uh, you know, building on Andrew Cuomo. Was it, was it Andrew Cuomo or one of the other Cuomos? I mean, just horrible, horrible, horrible. How do you, New Yorkers, New Yorkers, what were you thinking? And now I know Hochul was just this uh, lieutenant governor. And she got in when you threw out Cuomo, the bozo. But if you don't put this, I, you know, I don't know much about the Republican candidate, but it's one of those things, even if you're not a Republican, you're going, uh, we got to put him in because Hochul is a mess. Now, the state Supreme Court found that being jabbed does not stop the spread of COVID-19. We've said that from the beginning. What took them so long to figure it out? Well, finally, the CDC admitted it. Rochelle Walensky admitted it. On and on it goes. And then they're like, okay. Supreme Court could not find on behalf of the state of New York because there, there was no valid reason for them to fire everybody based on their jab status. Uh, the court found Monday that being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. And New York City Mayor Eric Adams claimed earlier this year that his administration would not rehire employees who had been fired over their jab status. Now, the question is, will he defy a Supreme Court order? 
Is it beyond an elected official to deny that or part of the old guard guy? We know that Jonathan Emord has said many years now of experience beating back the oligarchy like FDA and winning all the way up to the top levels of government courts. And yet the FDA is still a criminal organization and does not comply with the court order. So do we have a functioning government at all? Can Eric Adams refuse the Supreme Court's order? And if so, shouldn't he be found in contempt, fined, maybe even jailed? Maybe that would be too kind. So it's a big deal. It's a big, big news deal. I mean, you have New York, one of the most leftist single party states in the nation, bought fully hook, line and sinker into the COVID mythology, the COVID jab mythology, the lies, the deceptions. Many people on the left there, as in California, enthusiastically support censorship, discrimination, abolition of rights of anybody who doesn't get the jab or the jabs that will will never end. Is this going to slap them down and, and slap them into their senses, or is this going to be, oh, we're going to kick or dig our heels in even further and go, no, we're not going to, we're not going to comply. We don't like what the U.S. Oh, well, in this case, the New York State State Supreme Court said. So we're just not going to comply. We know they're wrong, despite their worshiping at the CDC, admitting, well, the jabs didn't do what we said they were going to do. I like those memes that say we never said that the jabs would do everything we said they would do. You know, now that they have to admit they don't stop transmission, they don't stop hospitalization, all that stuff. And then you have these memes that, all, you know, all of the so-called famous people in government and media said, this will stop it. This will, you know, obviously they're lying through their teeth. We never said that. Right. And here we are dealing with this hypocrisy. Now, I read an article. There was an interview. Super Don, I know this is not in the notes, uh, but uh, Tim, who's the guy? Tim, gosh darn, he's a movie star. He was in um, one of the baseball movies. He was married to Susan Sarandon. You remember that guy, Tim something? Someone help me out here. Why am I not? Susan Sarandon and Tim, they were a famous liberal Hollywood couple. And he was in, good Lord, I'm not getting any help from anybody. I'm looking in the show notes to see. I I'm know not, who you're talking about, but I can't remember his, his last name. How can we not know this guy? He's pretty famous. Wasn't, really he, wasn't he also in the Shawshank Redemption? Yes, yes. He was in the Shawshank yeah, Redemption. I know who you're well. talking about. I see his face. Yeah, somebody's got to nail that name for me. Here, I'm looking in the chat room and I'm not seeing it yet. <laughs> you guys, I'm not the only one to not know this stuff, right? Tim, how can I not know this? Susan Sarandon, I remember. Robbins. Tim Robbins. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know who it was, but I think it was like a conservative commentator interviewed him. Maybe a Matt Tabby. I don't know if it was that guy, but somebody. And I read this this morning and I was talking, you know, to my wife about this, like Susan Sarandon and, you know, the, the Hollywood left that you can tend to be very annoyed with, but you know, I like Susan Sarandon and I like Tim Robbins. Why? Not just that they're awesome actors. They are. Yes. Now I'm seeing people write in the names that we've just figured out. Not it, it was because I saw in them or I see in them intellectual integrity. Susan Sarandon has uh, uh, been somewhat supportive and, and friendly with Ron Paul over the years, finding areas of agreement and alignment and come together on those things. And Tim Robbins was interviewed. I wish I could find that thing. You could see it and check it out about acknowledging where he was wrong, how he, he got caught up in the frenzy early COVID and he was endorsing mandates and all the you know, passports and all this, and then came to realize how horrible that was, how, what a rotten idea that was and how it's divided us. And he, 
you know, he's talking about, we need to come together to you'd be able to go to theater. You don't discriminate against people because of their medical, you know, uh, compliance or not in terms of jabs and things. We need to go to sporting events where, where a lot of sporting events are happening. And he says, in high five people, you don't agree with politically. You just hang out and enjoy life. And then not everything is about what is your political view? I hate you. I can't be around you and can't, I can't see it. Cancel you. And that's why I say, and I think I've been consistent, super Don, and you too, in, in talking about people with whom we have gross disagreements on, on very significant issues. Yet we find those areas of agreement and we go, all right, we can work together there. And, and, and let's talk and build a relationship based on, you know, something we have, uh, you know, a, a value that is mutual because you're not going to be hundred percent in disagreement with anybody any more than you're going to be hundred percent agreement with anybody. If you dig down deep enough, you'll find something with which you have a disagreement about even in your own church, synagogue, temple, or mosque. That's just, that's life. We perceive life differently through different eyes through different experiences. And we're not supposed to all have the same views. We're not supposed to walk in lockstep with one another. I agree. It'd be nice if we had agreement at the fundamental principled levels where we would respect the freedom of others to make choices. And that's where I saw this Tim Robbins interview. That's where he went, where I said, Tim Robbins is a, is a decent fellow. He's a good guy in that regard. I'd love to interview him based on that. Susan Sarandon too, because I think they have intellectual, as I said, integrity. We all have different leanings in terms of our politics and they're not all going to align all the time or sometimes ever. So I you know, we open today and say, all right, where are people? It was Matt Taby, by the way. It was Matt Taby interviewing him. Oh, you yeah. found it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tim okay. Robbins and the lost art of finding common ground. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. And does this mean, oh, now Robert is a lefty. I'm like, no, oh, stop it. How dare you agree with somebody? Right. Just stop it. <laughs> it is, it is, you know, any more, you know, ca canceling from the left to the right is just as bad when you're canceling from the right to the left. Now, if you advocate violence against me or my family because we're not jabbed, that's a different line you've crossed. But that's not what Tim Robbins acknowledged. He was swept up in it early, and he he's like, no, that was wrong, and says it. Which leads to our uh, second article here, which is a good article, again, at the Brownstone Institute. The shame of the COVIDians. The shame of the COVIDians. And, and it's a, it's a really well written, uh, a perspective by Thomas Harrington and it opens with, you know, a a, a, a tryst, you know, a, 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 a theoretical or fictional tryst, like, you know, a woman has this illicit affair and then leaves and then feels shame because of it and decides, well, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to shut it out. And I'm going to move on with my life. You know, this one-off thing that happens. And then he takes it out from that kind of an experience where shame plays a role in something that you've done that you regret, perhaps. And then what do you do about it from that moment forward? And then ties it into the shame, for, the, for instance, of Tim Robbins, who acknowledges the position he held is not the position he holds today. And he's regretful and sorry that he held it, in fact. And shame is not all bad. I mean, there, there's certain things that where shame, if it overwhelms you in everyday life, you can no longer function because you're ashamed of whatever it is. And there are others that will apply that and make sure you never leave it. But what of the people who have been engaging in shameful behavior through the early COVID time or right through it up until today? And I'll bring up the example of uh, that British uh, pundit, 
uh, what was what's his name? Uh, I'm losing names today. I apologize. Uh, Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Thank you. You read my mind. I appreciate that, Super D. Piers, you can complete my sentences. Uh, you complete Morgan. me. Piers Morgan, <laughs> who is now acknowledging that he was a bit wrong about things, you know, because he was a very aggressive in terms of taking away the rights of people who didn't want to get the jab. Yet glossed over in that was his vitriol and, and, and rage and hatred and his willingness to become, you know, even violent in terms of suppressing the freedom of, of people that he disagreed with. Those of us who never would Sub, you know, allow ourselves to be subjected to a jab, however much pressure they put on us. And there are many of you out there. Some of you've lost your jobs as well because of it and have to transform your lives. And you've been shut out of things, whether it be simple restaurants or theaters events or other things or much worse. And where are they in acknowledging not just that they were wrong, but man, I am seriously sorry about this. This is like a Tim Robbins level of acknowledgement that I respect immensely. Piers Morgan I'm not given that kind of pass because of the viciousness with which he went. And then I saw uh, this morning, I think it was on Twitter. It was a, a clip from Tucker Carlson yesterday where uh, somebody Stein, a comedian, conservative comedian. I don't know the, the Mark Stein, maybe uh, was that Did a, he have uh, an accent, an English, a, a, a British accent. No, he was at, no, not that guy, a different Stein. Then um, no. he was American comedian. He was on a college campus, and he was being yelled and screamed at by raging hatred uh, from the left, political left, young people. In fact, this young girl sit standing right next to him, yelling and dropping F-bombs at him constantly. And finally, she spits on him. And, you know, Tucker Carlson goes to the president of the university. I forget which one it is, making $1.3 million a year off the taxpayer at a public-funded university. And she's, she won't even say that was a wrong thing to do. But what was really scary about it is this young person, just a young lady, a girl, practically so much anger, so much rage, so much vitriol, so much hatred. I'm like, how, how scary not to really belabor fear, but how scary it is when a young person is so lost that they're seething with rage and hatred, that they're willing to assault another human being with whom they disagree who's smiling there, just wanting to be there to be able to speak and talk and engage in what we call First Amendment activities, not violently, not even engaging in hatred or rage in the reversed uh, realm. And so where is shame? What role does it play? I mean, there was a time when we grew up, you know, you heard that concept or that line, you should be ashamed of yourself or have you no shame? And I'm not advocating living in the state of shame forever because that's not conducive to a happy, fulfilling life. But there was a place to say, boo, that would be a horrible thing to do. Or I'm ashamed of my behavior in that circumstance. Or if you happen to be inebriated and you like you do things you would never do, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm ashamed of what I did. I should maybe not drink so much, whatever it is. And in the context of shame in the uh, of the Covidians, the question is, Will they not only acknowledge how wrong they were, like Tim Robbins has, will they be sincere in even acknowledging something that needs, at the very least, a, a very big sincere apology? 
if not a, a, you know a, an overt change in supporting government policies of suppression and discrimination for which we would be pilloried you know you simply question things about the civil rights movement remember ron paul would do that and they'd they'd call him a racist but he was bringing up a principled stance in terms of the rights of the individual versus rights by membership in a group, which is not rights. Those are privileges. And he was trying to teach a lesson about rights versus privileges and that rights come to us as individuals, not as, again, because we're a member of a group, name the group, make up the group, whatever. But the discussion wasn't allowed to be had. It's immediate. Oh my gosh, you questioned the civil rights movement. You mentioned anything that's like not hundred percent support. You're a racist. It's like, that's shameful behavior too. So instead of going, hey, Ron, let me hear it. What, what are you saying? Let me understand a little bit more about, are, do, you, do you hate black people? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, th- th- that's the kind of thing that we would see left to right. And even those within the Republican Party not being able or willing to engage on a principal discussion with a man like Ron Paul, for instance. And again, this is where I'm crediting um, Tim Robbins, at least in his mea culpans, acknowledging in this interview of moving back to principle, the defense of freedom, the defense of liberty. And then you can have lean left, lean right, and it could be different on every issue. And we're dealing with so many people that are even today denying that they did anything wrong in promoting hatred and promoting discrimination in limiting the freedom or even wanting to mandate you being locked up like some were in Australia or your bank accounts frozen or money taken from you simply because of your political beliefs and supporting, for instance, in Canada, the truckers. When and where do we acknowledge that that is just plain wrong? Yes, you can say there's right and there's wrong. Not right and left per se, because again, there's elements of the left, elements of the right. There are people with sincere principled stances on things, and then it goes awry and has gone awry on both sides of the political fence over the decades of my life. Seen a lot of it. Sure, you have too. So if you guys want to talk about that, some more comment on that, I'd love to hear from you. Right now, we're going to go to our guest here in the first hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show. I'm pleased to welcome for the first time. And we were talking about this, uh, I think, was it last week or so? Uh, there's a big event in San Diego, a freedom-focused uh, event. We talked about the strangeness of bringing in, uh, I can't remember the name again. Why is it, Today is a, a bad day for names. We're talking about not a person now. What is it you're about, trying to remember now? What are those men that dress as women? They're called? Oh, the drag queen. Drag queen thing, right? That's yes. It. We had Miguel Rodriguez on, and That's he amazing. was talking about uh, the, the the drag queen Reading hour reading in the library. Hour with drag the library, yes. What I mean, I, it's reading hour with a nurse or a doctor is weird. Just hey, it's reading hour. <laughs> Why do you? I, well, well, drag queens it, are reading. It, it's today. like I said. Hey, I, I don't remember at what point did uh, a children's literacy become a a rally rallying cry for drag queens? I don't get right. it. Oh, I know it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. So. This uh, Freedom Revival events. I wish I could be there for this. I'm going to be down there too late, but in December, maybe there'll be something happening there. But freedomrevivalevents.org, big events coming up, and I want you all to be there. Anybody down there? I, I don't know if my – we got to talk to, uh, uh, let's see, Megaphone Marine, hashtag Megaphone Marine, Cordy Lee Williams. He's down there. Maybe yeah, he he's actually, he's going to be at the Reawaken uh, tour as well. He's going to be in, in – Reawaken in, America. Yeah, he's on the schedule. In Branson? Yeah. Oh, cool. 
All right. Well, look, let's let's bring Melissa O'Connor into the mix here before I lose my mind because <laughs> I can't remember anybody. Well, I can remember Melissa O'Connor. Look how lovely she is. Melissa, thank you for being on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, what an honor, Robert, for having me. You are I'm glad to have you such on board. A cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the ultimate Where nerd. But thank you. Um, well, I'm your world is uh, uh, crumbling before us, but we're having some real audio hiccups and audio dropouts. Is there a way to do uh, this without your ear headphones? Maybe there's some kind of interface there. We're losing you on un unplug it and see if we can still hear you. And and uh, I just think, all right, now we might have to tell the machine to use a different microphone and there's a little gearbox that you can make sure it's picking the right microphone for you so it works again if you could see that on the on the screen there here in restream i want to be able okay. to hear you we can see there you are you hear me now yes that's better thank you wonderful gotta love the spontaneity of live and then the internet Super Don, are you hearing that or is it just me? I'm hearing massive dropouts in audio, which is so bumming me out because she, Melissa, is such a bright light. And I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, it was any working words. great. It was working great right before the show. In rehearsal. Uh, Can you uh, di disconnect and reconnect? This effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Powerful things it, to talk about. This happens. So, Melissa, here's, here's what I'm going to suggest. And this has worked in the past. Um, go ahead and disconnect, do a full reboot of your phone. And then reconnect, and we'll see if that fixes the problem. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. Go figure, right? Yeah, right. And it was working in rehearsal, so to speak. All right, Super D, now I'll go to you. Yes. All right. So so since we were on the topic here, we'll just go on with a rant, a little bit of a rant yeah. that we had. And there is a story that I put in the show notes today because, you know, you were bringing up the, the, the drag queen thing. Yes. And I, don't, I just don't understand. I need to do like a poll or something like this. Totally. Oh, by the way, just so people can know ahead of time, today's poll. Oh, yeah. How might how might rising food prices impact your Thanksgiving meal this year? I, I don't know about you, one. but mm -hmm. uh, man, and you've heard me talk about this before. Yeah. Food prices are just ridiculous right now. A dozen eggs for $3.57. Come on. I don't know where you're getting your eggs. I mean, we're paying four or five bucks for well, organic okay. eggs. Well, but yeah, well, whatever. Okay. Don't get those eggs are more expensive where you are. I, I guess. guess so. But it looks like why we all need to have living around you. I guess we have to have chickens. We all that's the next step from our garden. Right. We got to have chicken coops. But yeah. So what do you think? Mortgage your your you know second mortgage on the house to get yeah, a turkey. Well, I mean, you know, there's some of the options here. You know, people will be looking for more sales. They're going to be using more coupons. They might be cutting back on food. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit of a, a less of a, a cheery Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. Um, fewer guests, maybe. Some people may not be impacted at all. So anyway, we'll get to the results of the poll. Yeah, we're going to put the kids at the kids' table, and we're not going to feed them at all. That's, what, that's, that's right. how we're doing it. Bring your uh, own turkey. Bring yeah. your own turkey. Yeah. Well, look. But anyway. And, and in yesterday's poll question, I don't think we ever got to the answer. Uh, uh, we or didn't. even asked it. And it's it's in today's newsletter. So if you're not already getting the, the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter, just text my initials, RSB. Text them to what number? 22828. That's right. Yeah. I should say that when I'm at the Reawaken America tour next week. Shouldn't you I? should. You definitely see if we should. get some you more signups. So anyway, so, um, yeah, you know, I, I still don't, I, I, I've had conversations with numerous people over this drag queen thing mm -hmm. and it's not, you know, it's, 
I don't care if a guy wants to dress up in a costume like a woman and sing songs and show tunes <laughs> and stuff for, for entertainment. I don't care. Yeah. I've seen weirder things probably on TV or in movies yeah, and stuff like I, that for entertainment value. I don't care. It's Whatever. not our issue. It's not yeah, what we dwell I on. I don't but, care. But, but tell me, what is At what, is what point did it become a thing where it's like they're going to push that on people? They're going to force the issue on yeah. people uh, that they're going to read to kids at the library or – for for this other one, this new one here. Help help me um, out here on this one. Who is Senator Scott Weiner? He's you he know who like Scott Weiner and he's one of the guys. He's he's good uh, friends with uh, uh, Senator Richard Pan. Oh well, that explains it. Yeah, yeah. Check it. Put this up on full screen. So I Senator will. Scott Weiner out of California apparently is inviting all of us to a pumpkin carving drag queen event. <laughs> what? Carve a pumpkin, get judged by drag queens. And hear from Senator Weiner about his legislative work. And they're not inviting like RuPaul or something like that, like a national. It's not known. even a famous drag queen. It's local it's drag queen. Local <laughs> unknown drag. We want to give them a chance to start them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? what? Why? Pumpkin carving and drag queening. What? Why? What is the thing about drag queens in California? Oh, <clears throat> I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. But hey. on the other hand, I think I do understand it. Do you? And this is what, because I was actually having this conversation with my wife, because it's just, I, it, I, I just don't understand it. I see these things in the news and I go, why? Why is it that they can't pick? I mean, is there like, is, is, are drag queen like, drag queens like a protected class mm -hmm. or group of people? Are they now considered like a minority? Should they get minority status? And then, yeah. you know, you don't want to violate the rights of drag, drag queens. I, it just it just sounds silly and bizarre to even say. How about El Elmer Fudd, drag queens? Why, why would they feel that they have to keep pushing? And mm -hmm. when I say they, I don't even know who yeah. I'm talking about, really. Who's the one who's behind this? Who's going, hey, we got to call up that local library and make sure that well, look, they have know, a drag queen reading hour. For those of us heterosexual males, we don't want... It's Dawn, Dude, but see, here's the Dawn thing. Run. Here's the well, thing. Just because somebody's a drag queen does not mean they're gay. Does not yeah, mean they're out a, a pedophile. Uh, it doesn't mean any of the. It just means that for whatever reason, they they instead of dressing up like Bozo the Clown or yeah. dressing up, you know, like you know, in some other costume, this is what they yeah. do, and they like to perform, and they do, mm -hmm. you know, an impression of whatever. Yeah, I'm. I like my point is, I think as an adult with kids, you're like. What does this have to do with pumpkin carving, much less reading? And They're maybe performers. we're just too old these, to figure these this out. people are yeah. performers. That's what they are, is they are performers. Yeah. So I'm going, how come we aren't having street magicians as mm -hmm. as as uh, people that are reading to kids? You know, or, or you know, circus guy, trapeze artists or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, what what is the thing about about that they've got to do the drag queen thing? And, and the, mm -hmm. I believe the reason I think it's pretty obvious. Okay. After I'm done stammering and stuttering because I still can't get it to compute in my brain as to why they're doing this, yeah, yeah, is that that it elicits a response from a certain group of people. So they're tr they're trying to trigger us. Then they it is it, it, yeah, us. I, I, they're trying to just you know create a response. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to see a bunch of Republicans going allow those drag queens. It's all the Democrats. You know, it's like they're using it as a tool. It's almost like I think a lot of these people. They, maybe they just like to perform, but they're like un, un, unwitting. Yeah, but where where are the drag queens 
I mean, I'm sure there's some that say, you know what? We don't belong doing this. That's not what we're here. We're here at the nightclub doing our thing, like uh, La Caja right. Fall or, or the Birdcage. Now oh, they're judging man. pumpkin carving contests for pumpkin Senator Wiener. I mean, what's... Because, of course, it's California. Speaking of California, we're going to try again. Melissa O'Connor. Let's try this again. All right. Cross our fingers. You ready? Works. Yes. Ready? Go, Melissa. Oh, now we can't hear anything. Can you hear me? Oh, wait. Hi. Yes. 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 We're good. Awesome. Okay. No, it's still doing the same thing. I feel, no, but feel it, like... it's skipping all your video audio is not in sync and it's dropping out. And I have the slightest idea why that's happening. It doesn't make any sense. That is so it happens to me a lot. And it's not whatever we're about to talk about. They don't... Is okay. it, are you on your computer or your cell phone? better now it's still so far out and so many dropouts of words are you on your computer or your cell phone i'm on my computer and you rebooted it yeah i five mm. i'm wondering if you could connect on your phone instead Happy to that is that. an option. Sometimes that will work. I mean, we just yeah. Let's try eventually your phone. we hit the right combination of things here. Yeah, let's try your phone. Melissa O'Connor is tenacious. She will be back, and her phone will work. I anticipate <laughs> that it will work. So stand by for that. We'll continue to rant on things, and I'll continue to say thank you to one of my friends in California, Tor, who has developed. Guess what? Yes, the limonene, a pesticide that doesn't harm your kids or your pets or you that you can use indoors or outdoors. You can use in your organic garden, in your greenhouse, and it won't corrupt the integrity of the quality of the product you're growing and the cleanliness of it. Natural and powerful pest control will get rid of the ants, the roaches, the aphids, that kind of thing. And it's delimiting based from what? Distilled from the orange peel. And if you haven't picked that up, a couple of more days here in the end of the month, I want to do some giveaways. But uh, my gosh, take a picture when you get that from the Ace Hardware store or your Whole Foods, or you go direct to orangeguard.com. Send in that picture, and we're going to do a, a, a giveaway for everybody to enter. And the odds are ever in your favor, as they say, because there's very few people doing this. Even though I know a lot of y'all are buying it, for some reason you don't want to take a picture with it and send it into Super Don. If you do, askrsb at gmail.com. Askrsb at gmail.com. We'll get you plugged into that. Also, Nutritional Frontiers has some amazing deals this month. I'm going to Let's see if, I, if you can, I think I see the thing to put up on screen here. Let me see, is this the right thing? There it is. Yeah, the urinary tract cleanse formula, which is also included in all of their stuff for the month of October, 15% off. Their UT Cleanse product, Thyro Complete, Iodine Plus, Estro Cleanse, Beauty Complete, Women's Complete, all 15% off. You know what that means. If Nutritional Frontiers is advertising it already at 15% off, you get to double dip because you're in the Robert Scott Bell Show family. And you use the code RSB15 and you'll get an additional 15% off. So take advantage of any and all of those. And there have been a lot of urinary tract issues, folks. Get on that UT Cleanse product. It's fantastic. And uh, you'll get through it. All right. Let's see. Oh, I just undid it. Yeah, you, Stop did. you did. Stop pushing it. buttons. Sorry. That's my job. Well, you were busy. I know you were busy. I was trying to help. Actually, you know what? Real quick, what I was what I was yeah. looking at here, I just I got a, a, an alert. Elon Musk mm-hmm. has apparently shown up at Twitter headquarters. Good news, right? Well, I don't know look, if all the Twitter snowflakes start melting. Look at what he, how he entered. Uh, What's he carrying? It's on full screen here. Is that a kitchen sink? He says, entering Twitter headquarters, let that sink in. 
Oh, let that sink in. Very cute. <laughs> he's, a, he's a showman too. Yeah. You gotta love that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, All right. Sorry. So I think Melissa's trying to connect via phone. I pray that it will have a good connection and, and have a great interview because she's doing great work. And by the way, if you haven't checked it out, Southern California, San Diego area, freedom revival event.org. And she, we had Miguel on last week and now Melissa is here going to talk about this event coming up. Uh, let's see. When is the date of this thing? I don't even have that. Oh, I can. Well, well, hold yeah. on here. If you really There's also a give, also send, go. Here. If you want to support the freedom revival events and I'm hoping that's coming be up so on the Saturday, the 29th. Saturday, this Saturday, 2 p.m. Right. to 7 p.m., Waterfront Park, downtown San Diego. If I, oh man, if I was there, this, I'd be there. Absolutely. Um, this weekend, of course, I'm going to be hanging out with Andy Wakefield. He's doing a new film project in Austin. And then uh, the following week, it's the uh, Clay Clark event, Reawaken America Tour. I'll be speaking. And it looks like I'll be speaking right after uh, Dr. Batar, Dr. Artis, and Dr. Simone Gold. So that's pretty cool people that I'll be talking for and i'll have interviews set up there and that'll be the the fourth and the fifth i think of uh of november so what am i seeing here on her screen melissa's screen it looks like she's i think got, she's, she's attempting to get the camera flipped back around she's using her back camera instead of her front camera on her phone okay that all right i'm seeing something something happening she's she's doing it she's working it hopefully it'll get through <laughs> my gosh she's disconnect reconnect she's gonna anyway. reconnect probably all right so do we have any comments or, or is it old news and we're just a bunch well, of, well, let's see what's going on in the chat room here. Uh, yeah. let's see here. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Ula's in the house. Yeah. It was great seeing Ula yesterday at the AMA was what a great AMA. And Michael Bolden wasn't there. I don't know what happened, but dude, Bolden missed a great one. He's going to have to show up at one he of these did. events eventually. Yeah. Don Rogers says she's going to get the orange guard. Excellent. Yes. Pick that up and send in a picture. Uh, Local see. Ace Hardware should have it. Uh, no problem. And let's see what else we got in the chat room at Robert Scott Bell Show. Steve website. says Wiener. Steve, that would be Scott Wiener in California mm -hmm. is all about mandates. So let's mandate that he go to the pumpkin carving festival as a drag queen. Yay. There you go. Yeah. You, are you <laughs> suggesting that they carve the Wiener? Is that what you're saying? Oh, stop it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Oh, I'm so bad. All right, let's see. We got Melissa back on here on the phone. Should we try let's it? Let's see what happens here. Ready? Yeah, Melissa O'Connor. <laughs> hey, can you hear yes! me now? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you are the champion for sticking it out and finding it. I don't know why the computer wasn't cooperating, but uh, your phone is. Great Amazing. News. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry about all of that to your no, viewers. No, no, It was working frustrating. Earlier. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Here we are. We, we try to roll with it. We're like Wayne's World of talk media. We, we get that. <laughs> And uh, I'm in the basement. So, hey, what, what are you going to do? But, Melissa, thank you for all that you're doing. I appreciate uh, you coming on board and this event or these events that you're helping to uh, you know, put on there in the San Diego County area. And the, all of this is linked up in the show notes. But first, foremost, tell us what we need to know about that event because it's this weekend coming up. Yes. So all of the information you can uh, review and cite at freedomrevival.org. Mm -hmm. And thank you for mentioning our gifts and go. We actually can uh, have a feature where you can donate through our website. So it's all, all of it's just right on the homepage where you go there. And we still have 25,000 to raise. Um, we are trying to and going to provide a completely free event to the public. It costs about $100,000 to pull this off. And that's not being 
That's mm. like not being extravagant. We're all 100% volunteers. A lot of us uh, homeschool or work full time or single parents and everybody is giving what they have to make this happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, freedomrevival.org. And it's this Saturday, October 29th at Waterfront mm -hmm. Park in downtown San Diego from 2 to 7 p.m. Do you think you can do one in December when I'm there for like a hundred bucks really cheap? On the <laughs> yeah. Like a little pop-up event. We need to get yeah. um, better at doing those because yeah, we need to have these events where we bring like-minded people together and just stay on track and remember mm -hmm. why we're not giving up. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the so-called representative government, we know it's a farce on the federal level, but dude, in California on the state level, are you kidding me? Who represents the people that are going to be at the Freedom Revival event in California? Is anybody? Yes. So we have all kinds of awesome speakers and candidates. And I'll just kind of give you an overall vision of the day because it's big and it's a little hard to mm. comprehend on paper until you see it in person. Um, it's almost like we're having two separate events. So it's from two to seven. So the first half is going to be with our state and local candidates. Um, and those are on our voter guides. So we put together voter guides for um, the primaries. It's freedom loving candidates. And then for this election, it's the best choice is on our guides. And um, that's at freedomrevival.org. But they're going to be interviewed by some of our favorite political commentators like Mike Netter of Rebuild California, Anthony Cavazas of uh, Informed with Anthony, and Phil with California Underground. And so you'll get a chance to hear from them, meet candidates. And then the second half of the day is going to be all of our speakers that are brought in with Turning Point USA Faith. And I'll give you just a quick rundown of those. That's Victor Marks, Re Rebecca Friedrichs with Whose Children Are They? And um, she did that film. Pastor Rob McCoy, Seth Gruber, John Amachukwu, Jurgen Mathisius, Samuel Duth, and our very own Sean Fredrickson. Wow. It looks like a, a very powerful and amazing, inspiring event. And the question is, uh, do these people know what they're getting into if they're running for office? I think that's the thing we've talked about. The people that have been in office, even if they went in for what were perceived to be the right reasons, have often become so corrupted or found the futility of trying to do something from within that, that like, and, and now we're talking state level, right? I, I realize uh, um, the federal level stuff is hard to make changes, but I think the state is where you could. But in California, I mean, there are a lot of people on the political left that voted Democrat or have done that all their lives that didn't support mandatory vaccines, elimination of all these things, freedom of speech restrictions, et cetera. And yet still you have got the governor there and, and so many folks in power uh, pretending as if that's the way to govern. Yeah, well, I think the Democratic Party has been hijacked because I voted Democrat before. I'm I'm politically schizophrenic is what I would say. Um, definitely after the last two years, I said I am immediately changing my political status. And I think we do tend to find more freedom-loving options in the Republican Party. Um, they just, these candidates typically want to stand for the Constitution um, but it's, it's very convoluted. So I think every area of society, every institution, every category has been hijacked. 
mm-hmm. by some evil entity. And so you could say that that's happened, you know, in Western medicine, in our churches, absolutely. In um, the political options that we have, there's not actually one great option. And that's why Freedom Revival exists. It's to focus on the rights of we the people. And, you know, we have some Democrat candidates on our voter guides. Um, So we really do want to focus on giving the rights to the people, uh, restoring our constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you've been talking about, you interviewed Miguel, who spoke at the school board meeting in Encinitas last week. And that honestly, it created a international frenzy mm-hmm. because, in my opinion, uh, my friends spoke on what the majority of citizens around the world feel. And that's, again, you know, that hijacking, like even the gay community is pushing back and saying, you've infiltrated our community. We, we don't stand for this. And um, so Freedom Revival really exists to say it is time to quit caring what other people think, what your friends think, what your family members think. You have to be getting very comfortable with being, being uncomfortable and you have to speak out at all costs. And we really believe this is the last chance. I mean, we are on, not to sound doom or gloom, but some people see it and some people don't. You see it and your audience mm-hmm. sees it. And some of the people who are paying attention here, like in San Diego County, they see it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're, we're on the doorsteps of if you do not risk everything and speak up now, mm-hmm. you won't get a chance to in years to come. Like, Melissa, all- can, can you speak in terms of when we talk about political terms, they're often trigger words. Uh, we look at the movement and you talk about hijacking groups of people, right? I agree. That's happening and happening. Marxism, mm-hmm. communism, collectivism. I don't think many people, even in the Republican right, understand there are, di- there are differences between rights and privileges, right? And so much of this has to be group dynamic into reality, right? You get your rights up by virtue of your, your membership in a group. Other than that, you know, no rights. It's well, privileges will call them rights. And I think, there needs to be more discussion on the basic fundamentals like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody is speaking to that at your event. We 100% are. And it's because we have forgotten as a nation specifically who our rights come from. Do they come from the CDC? No, that's a third party agency that has absolutely no authority over our lives. So why are we listening to them? And do they come from Governor Newsom? No, he does not have, I'm not giving him authority over my life or my kids. Absolutely not. Um, my rights come from my creator. They were given to me before I was born. He knew me before I was even formed as a human. And that's why we're standing up against Prop 1, which is trying to enshrine the right to abortion into the California Constitution. So many people in the church don't even know that that is actually on the ballot. And so we're trying to raise awareness around that. But it's that our rights come from our heavenly creator. And whether you believe in him or not, it doesn't matter. I I mean, it does matter, but he made Mm -hmm. you and he gave you those. And so at Freedom Revival, 
our whole movement exists to have people step into those rights and have the courage to assert them in situations like you yeah. know, the, pan- the pandemic. Right. Melissa, yes. there, there seems to be in California and among a lot in the political left, and I don't mean to make everybody is the same in the, in any, uh, uh, let's say, movement or, or perspective, but antipathy against people who mention God and a creator or creation. That in California, that has been a big you know pushback against that. And I don't hear you espousing one religion over another because we talk about the First Amendment being freedom of religion. It's not about establishing a state religion, although we have one. It's called modern medicine. That's another discussion for another moment. But Absolutely. the reality is what you're saying is true. And our founders understood it. They actually, if you can call it, codified it by writing not only a Declaration of Independence, but ultimately a constitution that acknowledged that rights come from a creator. So how do you communicate that in a, a state where seemingly millions of people don't just know, have no religion or belief, but they are antagonistic and they hate people who speak about rights coming from God, for instance? Yeah, it's like we're moving into a godless society. And um, I was discussing this with someone this morning. It's what what we're seeing around the world and in our schools and in our just everywhere in our communities. It's not anything new. I believe it's just being exposed and revealed to us. It's an evil and an immorality that has existed throughout time. And I mean, if you read the Old Testament, God has, (laughs) I mean, he's judged this type of behavior in very, very drastic ways. And we are seeing that in our society right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but your question was the, well, it's ha- how are you able to communicate to those people? I mean, I, honestly, I'm all about trying to quote unquote, build bridges, not just like a political rhetoric, mm-hmm. bridge, but I mean, honestly going, Hey, you know what? We have disagreements on a lot of things. We acknowledge that, but there are certain areas where I think that you can acknowledge your party has crossed the line. Like you said, yeah. people that have voted democratic, like, Oh, 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 I'm not signed on to that. And, mm-hmm. and having them cross over is almost a repugnant, repulsive event for them to pull a lever for an R, you know, and look, I'm not a Republican per se, and I recognize the corruption within that party. But here we're talking state level. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to get anything accomplished if uh, one party basically has endorsed and embraced collectivism and Marxism as a starting point? Yeah, I was actually reflecting on this this morning. I don't think we necessarily need to build something new, but we almost have to zoom out. And we have to say, this is bigger than Trumpism or hating him or rejecting all the parties or uh, disbelief in God. And it's zooming out to say, like, our so- look at our society and our world. Is this where we want to be as humans? And we have to come together and we can't um, continue to allow whoever the man behind the curtain is to divide us over all these issues or these categories. Mm -hmm. And as an individual, I've never subscribed to that. I have never let one category, um, you know, define Mm -hmm. who I am. And there was a time when I tried to be a vegetarian and I didn't like it. So mm-hmm. I never said as a vegetarian, I just didn't eat meat for a little bit. And mm-hmm. like I said, I've voted all over the spectrum. And um, I think 
how we've been divided in the church and with religions is really sad. And so a long answer to your question is we need mm-hmm. to give people a reason to, to be hopeful. And we serve uh, a God that is full of hope and joy mm-hmm. and love. And um, we do see the word love being redefined right now, which is not good, but true love from Jesus is you can feel it and it changes you and it's contagious. And we're talking about, uh, you know, the unconditional love of our creator, mm-hmm. that which recognizes all of our faults and foibles and loves us despite that. And yet mm-hmm. I see that, as I mentioned earlier in the show, young people that are growing up with seething rage and hatred and uh, a willingness to engage in violent acts of assault because they've never been taught perhaps that it's okay to have disagreements and to engage in a discussion and a debate and even an argument, but it doesn't have to be hateful or hate filled. And I think that, you know, I I've heard some people waking up through COVID, not in a, a bad way, in a good way that we're in that, what we call Trump derangement syndrome, whether you love Trump, hate him, like him or dislike him. He was never a constitutionalist. He was never a Ron Paul kind of guy. For those of you who understand the freedom, the principles at that level. At the same time, the the abject hatred that has been stimulated into being, I think artificially, but has happened. Um, you know, there are some people like there's uh, one friend who, you know, now it says, well, I've changed a little bit. I don't hate people who like Trump. All right. Well, that's something. Right? We're moving that's the needle. Step, there you go. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and so again, and and we're we're not about love or hatred of you know any particular candidate. I mean, we could be disgusted by the things that a Kathy Hochul does or a, a Gavin Newsom does or a, you know a Dickie Pan there in in as a senator trying to you know mandate that p- parents have no control over their kids and kids can just go in and get shots, jabs, or even elective surgeries to remove body parts if they want without parental knowledge. I mean, the, these people mm-hmm. are disgusting. I'll acknowledge that. I don't say that with hatred. I think I say that pretty detachedly to go to promote that. That's pretty disgusting. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I really feel called, um, you know, I have three young boys under the age of 10. I, I feel that it is um, my generation's job to model that and to model that unconditional love. And also to recognize that we're all growing and changing. If you talk to me three years ago, Mm -hmm. You would, I don't know, it would be interesting. The conversation would be very different. And I give myself that grace that I'm growing and changing and I extend that to other people. And, you know, I was aware of, um, I feel like I was aware of certain categories of things being really detrimental to me and my family, but I wasn't awake to those in other areas. And Mm -hmm. I think that everyone kind of has their own journey and process there. And I, as a person want to be, you know, standing here with open arms, whenever the the rest of the population realizes what's going on. Melissa, what you're talking about is dare I say it's spiritual maturity. We have beliefs and perspectives. We might even have a religion we align with. But an acknowledgement and a recognition, just as you've said, in a self-effacing, beautiful way, hey, three years ago, I was different. I had Mm -hmm. different beliefs. I had different actions based on those beliefs. And the opportunity for those that we now look at, maybe in disgust even, the possibility that they could change too. 
Mm-hmm. Now I'm making an extreme example to see a Dicky pan change. It's not likely to happen or a Fauci change. They are committed. But at the same time, what if they had an epiphany? What if they had a come to Jesus moment in their own right? And they repented and they said, I'm sorry. Again, they're still going to have to account for their actions, but mm-hmm. it is not for me to condemn them or you. It's for us to go, all right, you're now here. Let's see what we can do to work forward from this point and, and make things better. And I think that's a, a limitation we place on other people that, oh, they'll never change. How mm-hmm. do we know? I don't know. I've nope. changed in my life. You've changed in your life. So mm-hmm. how is it not possible they could? Exactly. And my friend Miguel, who you had on your show a few days ago, he said, you know, the enemy wants us to have that hatred for like our local political leaders who have declared us all kinds of things, which we don't agree with. Um, He wants us to hang on to that and have that bitterness in our heart and really hope to see their demise happen in our lifetime. But it Mm. actually should be just the opposite. Yes, we should say, hopefully one day we'll get to talk about what has happened and Mm. how we were both wrong and offer forgiveness to each other and work to make this a better future for our kids and these these next generations that really – are being misled down a very, very scary path. Yeah, you're right. And Melissa, God bless you for all that you're doing and uh, the entire group that's going to be getting together, everybody, uh, this Saturday. Again, the event, uh, uh, freedomrevivalevents.org. We have it linked up. I wish I could be there this weekend. I've got to be elsewhere, but maybe we can get together when I'm in uh, the San Diego area, kind of mid-December. Uh, if you're going to be around, whether there's an event or not, I'd love to see you. And Miguel, too. Loved having him on the show. Love what you guys are doing there. That would be great. Thank you for showing up and continuing to speak all the great things that you speak every day. Our world needs more of it. <laughs> well, and Melissa, thank you so much for that as well. We we have a, a you know, media presence that is not growing. or Well, it is growing organically, but it's not growing via any support from uh, <laughs> the places that Eris were banned on a few things. We know that deplatformed. So Same here. Your ability and willingness to share the show is helpful because this message is something I believe is uplifting and empowering, even if I forget names from time to time, like today, (laughs) but we keep going. I agree. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we can't wait to see you in December. All right, Melissa. Thanks. Hopefully all check it out. And there's a give, send, go. If you want to support them and their events down there, they need, you know, California, people of California need all the help they can get to overcome decades of decay. Uh, And you could say it moral, ethical, political, et cetera. Uh, but they're not giving up. Melissa's not giving up. Miguel's not giving up. So I'm grateful for them and grateful to, for all y'all. So keep sharing the show. And uh, if you missed the AMA yesterday and you're a patron supporter, Super Don's uploaded it, hasn't given, given the link out yet. But what an amazing couple of hours we got to spend yesterday. And yes, Ula was there and it was sensational to have our friend Ula there. Laban Ditchburn was our special guest, the world's best courage coach. And we had a great time. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And and if you haven't seen it, I think you will. There's some really good things that that, that transpired. Uh, next month, we'll try to make it a Saturday. Uh, we haven't done that in a couple of months, and, and it makes it easy for some of you to, to join in. All right. Remember, uh, RSB, text RSB to 22828. Be part of the newsletter uh, that Super Don sends out each day and all the upcoming events that are happening. This weekend is not a public event. The following weekend is the Clay Clark Reawaken America Tour. I'll be there speaking right after Dr. Batar, Dr. Simone Gold, Dr. Brian Artis. That's cool. Totally cool. So I'm committed. I'm going. I'm going to meet our buddy Kevin in St. Louis and ride on down from there. It was so crazy trying to figure this out. That's why I was partly why 
I think I was so stressed going into today's show going, I don't think I can do this show. I'm just like all over the place trying to figure this thing out where I'm going to be when can I do it? And I got to do it. But it's been a good week of workouts. I'm getting back on top of my game. I'm still in the lead for this week's challenge of the week. Max out challenge all nine rounds. And uh, we'll hear because you know how I am just rubbing it into Super Don when I look like I'm going to win that chow challenge as the old guy in the gym. That's going to be fun. Anyway, thanks to Cardio Miracle for making that possible, too. I appreciate it very, very much. And the Sovereign Copper, which, by the way, kicking that energy into gear. If you haven't figured it out, magnesium and copper are critical for mitochondrial production of adenosine triphosphate, ATP. See, why can't I remember ATP easily? And I can't remember, like, the name of Tim Robbins. Well, maybe Tim Robbins isn't that important to me. I get, okay, all right. But, yeah, he seems like or a Branson, nice Missouri. Design. Or Branson, Missouri. Yeah, I've had. Although a, you did it today, and I've Lori pointed it, that out that you actually remembered it today. I've had a block on that city just because it's like so hard to get to. But uh, thanks to Kevin, I'll I'll get to it. We're going to see you uh, there that that event that week, and then the following weekend, just as we wrap up hour one, twelfth and thirteenth of November. It's a f- Saturday Sunday. Salt Lake City Salt Palace Convention Center, the Red Pill Expo, where I'll be the MC. I'll be speaking. A lot of our friends are going to get together. I'm trying to bring all of you together. Some of you will watch from the comfort of your own home, but if you can be there with us at the Red Pill Expo, uh, Red Pill University, G. Edward Griffin, doing great work and tremendous presentations. David Martin's going to be the keynote again, and we're going to premiere his film. Uh, that's going to be absolutely sensational. So I hope to see you there. Looks like uh, Dell Bigtree may be there. And wow, who else? We got some great Harry people. Day, David Martin. Day. Oh, Sheriff Richard Mack. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, is that Sherry Jackson? What's her name? Um, that black lady on the left. Sherry Jackson. Yep. She's scheduled to be on our show soon. Yeah, I saw that. So, dude, we got some Nikki great Willis stuff. Willis is going to be there. Scott Sher is going to be there. All right. Some dude. Robert guy is going to be there. We got a picture of me. Oh my gosh! Look at that. All right, y'all. All right, All right let's go. I'm going to take a nap for a few minutes. We'll be right back. Top of the hour. Power nap. Education break. Power nap. You're listening to or watching the Robert Scott Bell Show, where the power to heal and nap is yours. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show, he got uh, oh remedies for tinnitus. I did. I didn't do. I I didn't have time the last time Nancy asked that question. Uh, we got a follow up QOTD. We got a comment of the day from Bala. I was it because I forgot names or mispronounced names. Bala is usually the one that corrects me every time I mess mispronounce something. Uh, but this is a long one. I don't think it has anything to do with names. So that could be interesting. Stay tuned for that. Um, especially because he makes it special. We don't hear from him every day. Is Earth's most important resource toxic? Uh, Experts say we'll never be fully jabbed. Yeah, that's where they want us to go. Oh, and starting out with lockdown nostalgia? Isn't nostalgia something that you 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 look back on with a fondness, a great memory? And I'm thinking... Lockdown nostalgia. Does that fit or am I missing something there because I'm only looking on the dark side, not the bright side? 
I should remember the life of Brian. Always look on the bright side of life. Maybe there was something there that we should be nostalgic about. Super Don, help me out on this one. Am I, uh, am I just lost on this nostalgia related to lockdown? Are they talking about the ones we've been going through the last couple of years? Well, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting topic. And, and the reason why I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about on the air today, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because let's, let's hearken back, hearken back to those days, like almost three years ago now, when lockdowns were in full force, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody panicked. Um, governors and mayors and, and people and stuff like that suddenly started closing all the businesses and making everybody not be able to go outside, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we railed against that, obviously, for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. because there was a, uh, it, it was just insane. What was going on? The loss of, of uh, rights and freedoms in this country uh, were, were, I mean, it was at a level that I had never seen in my lifetime. And I think many people would relate to that. But in our effort to to try and shed some sort of light of positivity every once in a while during that period of time, we always looked for what what might be the silver lining. Mm -hmm. And there were some. If you remember, uh, there were some stories going around, some conversations taking place where uh, families were, were suddenly like remembering who they each other were in the house right yeah who are you suddenly you yeah that you didn't people weren't able to just go off in whatever direction and do whatever they're gonna do and suddenly everybody was at home and so you started seeing people doing weird things like having dinner together right or spending time together Mm -hmm. rediscovering each other right so there was a lot of 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 uh, i guess you people would consider weird things going on but things that i think when you and i were kids we're just normal. That's how life yeah. was. Everybody, it was dinner time. Everybody ate yeah. at the dinner table. They talked about how their day was. They, you know, what, what are you doing? How school, you know, blah, 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 blah. A lot of that stuff's been lost in, in society. And suddenly yeah. it was like people that had no choice, right? Nostalgia then. So we think about nostalgia fondly. Right? That's the word. It indicates a fond remembrance. And I think of the, you know, when we were kids, the things that we looked nostalgically go, hey, yeah, when, when it was like that. And yet this article goes just two and a half, three years back to a, a horrible series of events that led to maybe a reemergence of some sane interactions at a, you know, local and local and local level, like in your own home. I recognize some people did not do well with this. We, we've seen uh, negative impacts on uh, cognition. So-called IQ st- scores have gone down in some cases. Uh, well, there's, we've dude, seen there's, there's, there are a lot of yeah, suicide. Yeah, no uh, doubt that that negatives existed in this thing. But but I think nostalgically, in a sense, on the movement toward homeschooling, because of that this. was another big one. Yeah, and that, and was, that was another big one because a lot of people had. I mean, they had no choice. They had to. Te- their kids had to learn at school, and suddenly mm-hmm. there yeah. were a, a, a bunch of parents that suddenly went you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like this idea. So let's being go in control of what yeah. it is my kids are doing and what they're learning. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's some positives. Obviously we recognize that. So let's get personal now. Name some of the, your positives. Now it's super D you know, over the years, you haven't done a lot of travel trips 
right? You did a couple of one year with us and your wife was there. Dude, was amazing, I was a nomad but... for a really long time. I got that out of my system. It, mm -hmm. It's like, if you, if you remember, you know, we've been doing this together for 17 years. Dude, I was like. You, you know, were moving around the country via car and live in different places. Yeah, I mean, point. it was, yeah. it was, uh, it, it was a, a kind of an adventure, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it was also very stressful. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, by the time I got done doing all that stuff, it's like, I just wanted to go somewhere and be there. Just, right. Yeah, I'm here. I am, you know, this is it. So, so for, for our purposes, for your specifically, we've talked mm. about this, the lockdowns and it didn't change you much and what you did much because you were working from your own studio and right. that was going to happen regardless. Yep. In my case, the trips that I used to take, like this six week span of insanity of going out, of it was occasionally that would happen, you know, but even when it wasn't an intense six week cycle, it was like, yeah, every, every month, a couple of trips, at least you got to and stay that, home for a couple. Yeah. Of with a couple of two or three exceptions, like the advanced medicine conference that never shut down, things like that. For the most part, it was, I was home, wasn't having to travel anywhere. And for me, I went whole hog into this kickboxing thing. Mm -hmm. that really I started, I think before it happened and I just continued right through it and only strengthened my ability to go every day and hit fitness levels that I hadn't hit since I was a swimmer, but yet in a toxic body back in my younger years. So it changed me and strengthened me acknowledging though, that there were many people that were harmed by it that are still not recovered and some never recovered in terms of depression, suicide, etc. So, you know, it's an interesting thing about nostalgia when we would long for the good old days Let's just go back before we were even born, Super Don. You hear our parents or grandparents would talk about the nostalgia of the good old days. Let's say if you were black in America in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, it might not be as nostalgic in terms of the things you were dealing with. Although there were still elements of family that were much more uh, cohesive at that time, but there were other challenges. So one man or woman's nostalgia could be another man or woman's nightmare, as we could see within the lockdown scenario. They're both nightmares and nostalgia present simultaneously in some cases. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Um, and you know, and in this particular case mm -hmm. where this, this author is writing, it's, it's different because they're, they're kind of looking at it from a different perspective because they're, they're talking about how there was a kind of it, during the, the lockdowns, there was a simplicity to oh. life. This yeah. is, this is the quote. A simplicity of life and it said all of a sudden you had no choice but to be where you are yeah and so yeah i suppose if you're told that you can't go outside you can't go shopping you can't go to a restaurant you can't go to to the movie theater you can't mm -hmm. go to work and you're now at home yeah do things get real simple real quick right mm -hmm. uh what is you know that's I, I suppose depending on how you look at it that was good mm -hmm. and it was bad yeah. Right. It, it was it was bad because suddenly you were being told what you couldn't couldn't do. Right. Mm -hmm. You were being um, restricted. Uh, for, you know, some people thought it was a good reason, but other people like us, you know, we thought it was, you know, it was all the wrong thing that was going on. It was obvious you know, what was happening there. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then you were forced to have to, to again, you were forced to have to live a life. Uh, maybe not being distracted by the craziness of the world all of a sudden. And, and you were in your own space mm -hmm. and you had yeah. to look, you know, maybe like self-reflect a little bit or something. So I think that, you know, there was, there were, 
definitely was some good that did come out of it, mm-hmm. out of the bad. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm asking this now about, uh, the younger generations, if you will, or generation, how will they look back on this? Because it's, uh, you know, unprecedented. This is not our upbringing. This is not how you and I grew up super deep right. in, in these lockdowns. This wasn't happening. And yet we see a lot of the negative impact on the kids that were, you know, they're social animals. I mean, we all humans are, but even more so for kids suddenly being restricted and locked down and shut down. And we've seen a lot of, of course, significant negative mental impact on, on young people. How will they look back? Those that survive this and come up and, you know, and, and become well, adults and get out. And, how will they look back? I'm, I'm fascinated by that too. You're uh, right. I mean, think like? about the kids that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that normally the, they were at that age where it would have been, okay, now you're going to go to kindergarten. It's your first day of school. It's, you know, you get to go out and meet friends, meet you know, that development stage, that cru- really crucial development stage of being social mm-hmm. and getting exercise, you know, and, and, and your first, you know, couple of years of school and stuff like that. Yeah. That's something they missed out on altogether. Mm-hmm. And this is why you're seeing things like, uh, you know, the test scores that just came out just a few days ago, yeah. showing how uh, kids' test scores, they're in, in math and reading and stuff like that, have taken a, a, a bigger hit than they ever have before. Yeah. But the, so, the, the simplicity, though, uh, that you brought up, and that was in the article, there's something for the older, really for the older people. Yeah. Yes. But even to slow down yeah. from social media see the thing is we had access to all social media during lockdown well it's that not exploded. like the internet disappeared yeah. now had yeah. the internet disappeared boy it would have been people really would have thought they were living on little house on the prairie at that point yeah. right yeah so on some level it, you know that detriment uh to you know the real world interaction the human interaction that was not necessarily strengthened because people could escape into the proverbial internet and some did of course um well everybody's experience so you were going to ask me a question though. though yeah I, you know, it was more or less the personal impact. What in terms was of, positive were you, about it? Was there any positives what, for me? Yeah. I mean, could you, are, are you looking back on the last couple of years, two and a half years? Could you go, oh, I'm nostalgic about these things that reemerged or emerged in my life, you know, as you speak back or look back. Because as I said, it didn't change a lot for you because you weren't out doing a job running nine to five to it, another yeah, office. Yeah, it, it really didn't that. because I'm kind yeah. of a hermit. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, everything I, you know, the only time I ever go anywhere is like if I'm going to go to the store to buy groceries or, mm-hmm. you know, go to my daughter's house and watch the grandkids or, you know, or yeah. whatever. So none of that was really affected mm-hmm. um, for me, for me personally. Yeah. I mean, it. I don't know. I guess I, I've been entertained immensely over the last three years, more than I have been in a, in a really long time uh, as yeah. far as watching yeah. what's going on and stuff like that, you know, and. You had to put up with me being right all the time too. Um, three letters P C R. <laughs> well, you that? know, it, it provided an opportunity, mm-hmm. not only for us, but for pretty much anybody that was in the new media. Mm-hmm. Um, for I, I mean, we could not have asked for anything better. Uh, yeah, and, uh, we exploded uh, certainly as as many. And not and then, like I said, not just us, yeah. but you know everybody basically in the new media because suddenly here you had this major catastrophe. I mean, imagine if if this pandemic thing mm-hmm. had happened 30, 40 years ago, when there was no internet. 
Yeah. Just the mainstream media for the most part. It would have been just, you know, this is what Walter Cronkite is telling you to do. And then, you know, you need to do this and everybody. And this is what the president said. And this is what Anthony Fauci said, you know, and you'd see it on ABC, NBC or CBS, Mm -hmm. or you'd read it in your newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, And that's where the information came from. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would have been a whole different thing. I mean, I, 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 you know, I mean, can you imagine Everybody would would have. I mean, you would have had most most compliance because nobody would have known any different. They would have just gone with what it was they were being told. That's all they heard, right? I wonder. Well, think of an Orson Welles War of the World scenario where you had just the limited media outlet, and suddenly, you know, how many people would question the narrative back then? I don't know. I mean, there was a point in time where I didn't know this stuff. I had suspicions, and I, I, I you know, but it was all for, underground fringe. You know, it was yeah, just kind of shortwave radio. Right? Yeah, communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's right. There are people actually there. It still is a little bit of a thing. But back then there were a lot of people that were doing short rave radio shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's that's how it was almost like you were some kind of like underground resistance and you had to have a big antenna with a right. with a with a radio. Right. But, yeah. you know, fast forward to uh, to where we are now and three the way it was three years ago when they tried to pull this crap on everybody. Mm hmm. It didn't work. I mean, it did work for some people, but for a lot of people, it didn't work. And why? Because they had access to alternative mm-hmm. opinions and views. Despite and, the censorship and, 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 and deplatforming and all. Yeah. And when they tried to censor people, what did it do? It backfired. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it did it did it didn't work. And 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 what happened was the government uh was ex- they exposed themselves, basically, is what they did. Mm-hmm. Because everybody saw them for who they are. They were trying to control the narrative. They were trying to shut people down. They were trying to silence opposition. Yeah. And all it did was grow the influence and the reach of the opposition. Well, they had micro wieners. Oh, Senator Wiener or whatever. Yeah. I mean, basically, it showed how wrong they were. (laughs) You know, we're, we're at that point where, as I said, I opened the show talking about a little bit about the shame aspect and uh, what I'm seeing about some people that have intellectual integrity that had bought into it initially, like a Tim Robbins now taking an interview from conservative journalists and saying, you know, I was wrong. I was, you know, horribly wrong, in fact. And then, you know, showing I now support this as opposed to the uh, Piers Morgans of the world that were so hatred, seething, rage, vitriol. And now they're just like, yeah, I was wrong. Like they did nothing wrong, like nothing to account for no sincere apology at all to go, boy, was I really nothing like that. And that's where I, I lose respect for those folks. It's like, yeah, okay. You acknowledge them, but do you realize how much hatred you piled on as a member of influential member of the media to encourage people to maybe engage in violence against other people? Right. And, and we, you know, simply saying and supporting people's right to move about the earth cabin, they would claim we're trying to kill people because we want to go out without masks and on and on. And, and so there's an outrage in that yet all we were encouraging was freedom and rational discussion about disagreements, science and other things. So we didn't, we didn't engage in resorting to calling for violence to occur on other people like primarily not exclusively but primarily the political left like appears morgan in that circumstance and so in that sense you know forgiveness i get it, it's important but the guy is not even acknowledged not even self-effaced to the point other than saying well i was wrong but not acknowledge how vicious he was 
or others that are seething with rage, anger, and hatred that would, would visit or encourage violence on another human being. All right, some of the comments here uh, in the chat room at robertscottbell.com slash listen. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 uh, all right. Some people are going to be busy Saturday. But then again, others, you know, when like Ramdan, Ram in, in Scotland, he just I just got a notification. He signed into the chat room on Zoom uh, uh, a day late. <laughs> but for Ram in Scotland, it's the middle of the night when we do our weekday AMA. So when we do our Saturdays, sometimes people work on Saturdays. I realize it's difficult, but we try to balance it out every every month if we can flip flop it for that. So, again, thank you all for being there, even uh, just supporting us if you can't make it. Uh, let's see. What other comments? Did DJ we see Katie here? organic says that there were a lot of suicides, murder, divorces, and breakups as a mm -hmm. result of the pen of the lockdowns. And you're There's right. That too, it did. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a negative and, and what we're saying here does not take away from yeah. the negative part of it. Cause we all saw that. And I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was more, and a lot of people predicted that it was going to happen and they were right. Yeah. But you know, it's like, like, like Robert was saying, you know, Trying, trying to look on the bright side yeah, of life. The side, there right. were some things that did happen, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, but Katie, DJ Katie's pointing out, you know, some things here, you know, many addicts mm -hmm. without their meetings and their support. You're right. Mm -hmm. Here's a here, point, uh, case in point. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad died. Yeah, that's right. During that. And time. Um, we were extremely lucky to be able to go to uh, and, and have any kind of a service mm -hmm. uh, for him. But, you know, my dad retired with the CHP in California. Typically, what would happen is when a, an officer dies, they have a, a ceremony. Yeah. With the cars and, the, you know, the motorcycle. They, they fire off the rifles and everything. And, and uh, you know, he didn't get to have that. And I was very disappointed about that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there were a lot of people that didn't get to go and see, uh, you know, their, their loved their family ones. Family members uh, at all. In they the died alone. Homes and stuff yeah. like that. People died alone. Yeah, mm -hmm. they did die without their family around. It was, you know, terrible things. That did happen. Um, yeah. You know, one of the other things here, though, uh, here that she points out, she says, us liberty-minded individuals were high-fiving in the aisles of the hardware and grocery stores while sheep stood around and stared. You know, that is one thing that I think was kind of, kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I was lucky because I live in a rural area of Oregon. Yeah. And around here, they didn't mess around too much. There, You had some people that, you know, were you know, wearing the masks and the gas masks and wrap themselves in bubble wrap and all that stuff. Not mm -hmm. very many though. Majority of people are just, you know, a bunch of good old boys around here. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the, the, it, it created an opportunity for a lot of people to kind of, uh, as, as you know, uh, she was putting here doing the high five, kind of flexing their Liberty muscles a little bit because yeah. they were put in a situation where they could, mm -hmm. where, you know, there were some local businesses here mm -hmm. that were supposed to restaurants that were yeah. supposed to shut down and they yeah. said no. Yeah. We saw some, some real courageous folks, very few, right? but uh, you know, it was disappointing too uh, for many of us to see some people we thought were Liberty minded turned out not to be DJ Katie mentions that um, Bolden says that he has friends who run AA meetings in San Francisco that held them anyway. Hmm. And I, I think that perspective that he puts out there because without it, they would die anyway. Some of them, you know, so you're right. like, all right, you're going to tell me I'm going to die of COVID. Well, if I don't have my meetings, I'm going to die of alcohol poisoning. So again, pra practical, pragmatic response in that case. We're not of all places, San Francisco. So they, yep. they saw they could do that. So yeah, um, they're not all crazy in, in California. No, I know we met <laughs> some good people there. Honestly, yep. we met some really good people there. So you're telling me 
Cordy Williams is going to be in Branson, Missouri at the event. I, well, him? I will let me double check here because I, I swear. Was I he saw on the list? Because I, I sent you the thing. Clay Clark sent me the schedule and everything. So I haven't looked at it with a fine tooth comb yet uh, to see what's going on there. Let's uh, see here. I'm pretty sure. Um, as you're looking, I, I just want to do a quick shout out again to our friends at Orange Guard. Some of you are just going out to get, like our friend Dawn, some Orange Guard from the local Ace Hardware or Whole Foods or going direct, orangeguard.com. Remember, even when you're not growing stuff outdoors uh, and, you know, you have a bug thing or you got a greenhouse or indoors, uh, roaches and uh, ants, if you're having a problem, don't poison the family. Don't poison the pets. Don't poison the kids or yourself. Orangeguard.com, delimonene based pesticide epa registered too but omri listed certified for organic use as well uh, orangeguard.com ace hardware whole foods or directly and take a picture send it in and uh you'll be added to the list and we're gonna do some kind of giveaway so he has really got a booth that. that's what it is he was on the list here he's got a booth okay. he will be there okay super duper the yep. i'll be fun to see and reunite with our good friend cordy lee williams now the experts are saying or admitting that's something we've said here that you'll never be fully jabbed. Never. I keep hearing the song from Annie. Which one? You're never fully jabbed without a smile. Oh, right. I don't right? know the actual words, but I do remember that tune. You're, you're never fully dressed without a smile. Is, oh, is the original. Yes. Okay. You're never fully jabbed without another jab. There you uh, go. But here was the problem, of course. And this is some of the things that I actually talked about, predicted even before we knew of COVID. I talked about the real ID and what it meant, the digitizing of your identity, the tying it into your vaccination status, uh, adult vaccine managing. So I was on the high wire with Del B Big Tree in his first, I don't know, it was his first few episodes. It was early on talking about this. But here you have this ongoing need to control you through fear. And now they're acknowledging that the jabs themselves. Do not work long-term, so you're always going to have to get another one. In fact, when we played that clip from Biden yesterday with all the pharmacy people behind him, we didn't play a, a part of the clip where he said, it's just going to be like a flu shot. You're going to get one every year from now on. So if you fall prey to the uh, digital identification, you know whether it be through uh, an implanted chip or through your cell phone or some other method through a card that you carry, you realize that, by digitizing your identity, they can then lock and tie it into any number of things. Your ability to use your debit cards or credit cards tied to your bank account to shut you down from being able to spend your so-called money outside of a one-mile radius, if that's the case, when they lock you down. It won't work. They'll have the ability, the capacity to do that technologically. And in this case, the idea that you could get a jab like the whole history of vaccination at least theoretically, was about, hey, you get this shot, you, you got immunity for life. Just like they tried to say that you're immune for life once you get, quote-unquote, make, hey, chicken pox. But one of my arguments over the years in terms of junk immunology is that that was never actually true. Well, you, it might not manifest as chicken pox later in life, but if you're under extreme stress and duress and you're minerally deficient, particularly selenium deficient, you come through episodes and then suddenly you manifest something called shingles, which they link to the very same thing that they say causes chicken pox. So if it isn't working in nature, 
although this is not me arguing against getting quote unquote chicken pox as a child naturally, I think it is an immune enhancing event and an important developmental milestone for maturation of the body. So I'm not arguing against it. I'm just acknowledging that the idea of vaccination is unfounded, that they could induce artificially that which is not guaranteed even naturally, even though here the controversy now you're like, whoa, 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 Robert, what about, uh, don't they say natural immunity is better than vaccine induced immunity? Yes. <laughs> and I acknowledge that too, but is there a possibility that even if you had whatever they call COVID and you didn't get the jab, is it possible that you could manifest those symptoms again? Sure. If you get weakened and run down enough or any number of things that occur now, granted, this was pretty much an artificial pandemic based on gain of function uh, and other things that they released on us. But I'm just saying, if we look back with honesty and integrity, scientific and otherwise, you would say that the vaccine belief, if you will, or religion or cult is false on its face because in nature, it doesn't provide for a guarantee of lifelong immunity ever, even if you have natural acquisition of antibodies. And I don't say it because your immune system forgets. Some say it's immune amnesis or something. No, amnesia. That's what amnesia. Uh, no, I don't think you forget. I think that the dysfunction of the immune system due to uh, a poor diet and lifestyle and stress and on and on and on weakens us to the point that things that are within us that we don't have to catch manifest. Case in point, the, you know, the selenium viral replication connection. And yeah, we can stop viruses if you believe they're the cause of things with natural things like silver. But the idea that we can induce it artificially is it's it's a it's a dead letter. At least it is here on the Robert Scott Bell show. Yet we have been programmed to believe that it is a, is a good idea to inject whatever they want, whether it be antigens or in this case, mRNA to somehow artificially stimulate or elicit antibodies, whether they do, do or not. Meh, they don't even really care. Honestly, they just want you to get boosted and jabbed and boosted and jabbed based on then. Uh, having a complete, total, and utter reliance on artificial immunity, which is not even immunity. There are the, those at the highest levels of the uh, vaccine religion that have acknowledged that they've wiped out whatever you could consider natural immunity to things like measles because they've pretty much sh shut down the expression of the, uh, by suppressing it through vaccination, which is not a good thing. So for those that say vaccines are the greatest invention since whatever, even if you're on the right side of the political aisle, and these are the people that go, I'm not, I'm not against vaccines, but I, I don't like this COVID thing and I don't want to mandate it. I think you're not thinking clear enough yet to understand that the entire paradigm is faulty from the word go, from the utter, from which cowpox was scraped for Jenner to do his, you know, vaccine religion thing, the temple of vaccinia, for instance. So this article is very interesting and it acknowledges what we know their intent is to have a permanent state of artificial immunity that isn't even immunity that will weaken you and ultimately kill you some faster than slower. And there are horrific predictions we've talked about here on this show. I've had physicians like Dr. Eric Rents on, you know, when we talked about the pathogenic priming antibody dependent enhancement stuff, saying that the likelihood is that you could see 70% of humanity die. And I've been hearing about some of these predictions from not alternative physician people, but people that are watching actuarialists, if you will, response to the COVID jabs and what's manifesting. The uh, all-cause mortality deaths 
rising and younger and younger people. Strangest thing ever. And if this keeps going, I say, if, I don't know if it will, but certainly there are people predicting it. There can be over the next few years, such a radical reduction in global population, which fits the agenda of those who are overtly saying we need to reduce the population on planet earth. And maybe just maybe they've achieved their goal and we're in the midst of watching it happen. And by duping and convincing otherwise good people that it is their civic or moral duty to take the jab for the team. Now, many of them are regretting it. And I haven't met one person. Have you? Have you heard of one person who regrets not taking the jab? Any of them or all of them? I've not met one. Everybody who hasn't is like, God, thank God I didn't fall prey to that. Not one person that didn't get it that you could find go, I wish I would have gotten one of them. They're all glad. So are you going to fall prey to the inevitability of what they're trying to do here? You've got a United States government and most governments of the world that have been captured completely by globalist, Marxist, collectivist, communist agendas, but they've utilized our fear of germs against us. And now we find what our government, so-called our government funding the same groups that facilitated gain of function research that ultimately from America exported it to Wuhan, China. And they're still getting money. They're still part of government. Fauci. And I think that was the question yesterday. Does anybody think Fauci will actually be indicted or, or, you know, held liable and and criminally prosecuted and maybe put in jail? And the majority felt no, because, and I understand why in our lifetime, we've witnessed people do heinous criminal acts in the name of helping you through medicine, whether they be in government or otherwise, and never are they held to account in this lifetime over the course of the next lifetime or t- lifetimes, whatever you perceive or believe, yes, there will be accountability, but it doesn't always happen in this lifetime. So we'll see what happens. But accountability, that's another aspect to this. If you want to break this cycle of ongoing criminality on every level, you got to find a way to hold those that violate your rights to life, liberty, and property accountable for their actions. All right. I think that's all I have to say about that article, Super Don. Do you got anything to add to that? Experts now admit you will never fully be fully vaccinated. Big surprise. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, the the, the takeaway uh, is that they're doing the same thing that they continually do is they're trying to, to scrub the vocabulary mm-hmm. of words and change the definitions of things to fit what it is that they now say uh, they, they want to do. They don't want you to say uh fully vaccinated anymore because yeah. it's it implies that if you're fully vaccinated now you're done. Yeah. They want it to be up to date now instead yeah. of fully vaccinated because you know they expect and right. Fauci himself has said that hey be prepared for annual uh COVID shots. Right. Like and Biden shots. said it just recently. So yeah. up to date is a new thing. And I think we brought that up. I mean when when are you ever fully vaccinated? Never in, in this world where it is run by a dangerous pharmaceutical death cult you're never going to be fully vaccinated. Therefore, your freedom will depend on your compliance if you believe and you fall prey to the power structure. And Superdon, this is what was so disappointing about many of our friends who we thought were liberty-minded and knew better. Uh, And how many friends of ours we've heard about this that said, oh my gosh, I can't believe so-and-so got the shot, for instance. I thought they knew better. And, And so... Yeah, it was a weird time because, uh, you know, family, spouses, 
mm-hmm. good friends, you know, the, the, yeah. that's a real thing. The, the pressure, right. You know, the, yeah. the, you can be put on you. But, the, but those that were willing to, you know what, I want to go to a ski trip in Canada. Can I get a shot? I'm going to get a shot. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm like, <laughs> really, how, how little do you value your life that you're like, Oh, well, I really want to go on this trip that sounds really awesome but in order to do that i'm going to risk my life by getting a shot that they say i have to have and and it's not like they weren't warned it's not like that nobody knew we were out here many of us were out here telling and warning but they didn't want to hear it and then when they were you know confronted with well loss of job or loss of just the simple pleasures of being able to go somewhere a restaurant how good is that restaurant i mean look I like eating out at a good organic restaurant, farm to table, but if they're going to mandate me getting a shot, not worth it. All the delicious food is not worth it. I guess everybody's got their price and we find that out. And now many of them regret it. Some of them are not alive anymore and I'm not giving up on helping those people that got the jab, but man, to see young people die suddenly of cardiac events, young, healthy people, supposedly healthy people. What is the other th- explanation? It's never happened in our lifetime other than the experimental mRNA injections that continue to this day, and they want to institutionalize on an annual basis or more frequently if they could get away with it. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So questions of the day, comments. I think Ballas is a comment of the day, don't you think? It is the comment of the day. All right, let's look at it. Can you put it full screen? It's a lot of words there. Bala usually brings it, and Bala's funny because anytime I mispronounce something, he's always keen to just let me know about it. And so I was worried about this because it's a long one, but it's not that apparently. It says, hi, Robert and Superdon. After the news was out that the ACIP, uh, ACIP committee at CDC had unanimously approved the mRNA shots for children, you expressed your anger and resentment. And he, he lists the show in case you want to see my anger and resentment. RSB show 10, 21, 22. Uh, I completely agree with your views and totally resonate with your response. This comment is about those MDs, PhDs, and others who say, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I am anti-stupid. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's something we've talked about over, over time here. He says, Bala says, I get the feeling that these people have recently woken up to the dangers of COVID vaccines. Prior to that, Deeply influenced by the thorough brainwashing they were subjected to, they were firm believers in all vaccines. Even now, they are of the opinion that vaccines like those used for polio, measles, DPT, etc., are generally good except for the occasional side effects. It is a pity that they are still believing the myth that vaccines are beneficial. Isn't that the heart of what I was just talking about, interestingly enough? I was just bringing that up. The The entire cult of vaccinology is not rooted in sound science. The whole basis for it is wrong because it's not accurate in nature. So how do you think you're going to do it artificially? The truth is, Bala continues, vaccines can only harm you. And vaccine damage is a long list of conditions like allergy, autism, myocarditis, stroke, and SADS now, sudden adult death syndrome. Secondly, he continues, it is about the word stupid. The dictionary meaning is having or showing a great lack of common sense. People who meticulously plan to use bioweapons that they call vaccines for the systemic or systematic destruction of humanity are evil, to say the least. All 15 members of the ACIP voted yes for putting COVID vaccines in the childhood vaccination schedule. Are they all stupid? No, they are criminals. They are crooks. They are murderers. They're pure evil. 
Bala. Okay, Bala. Dude, you were bringing it in that comment. And that's a hard one. It's a harsh one. No, the, the only thing I take issue with, and I'm not fully taking issue with, is they are pure evil. That it gets into a place that's, I guess it's uncomfortable, but I get it. I, I've seen things that I perceive are evil. And while I would agree with you that their acts are evil, to call them pure evil, maybe this is just me nitpicking, is like meaning without redemption. Is there a shred of humanity in them? Perhaps. Have they abandoned it for the most part? Yeah, I'd say at this point. But that's just me nitpicking. And at this point, I'm not going to worry about it, Bala, even though you nitpick with me when I mispronounce names, because I appreciate you so much that you would write in and, and share your, your thoughts on that, on that issue, a very important issue. How do we describe what these people have done? They are definitely criminals. They are criminal actions resulting in the deaths of young people, much less old people. But they're approved deaths. They're ACIP approved, they're CDC approved, they're FDA approved. And somehow that makes them okay for those that worship at the altar of big government, of government at all, rather than acknowledging the warnings our founders laid down in America, at least, to never, never let this government that we, you know, provided to you, so to speak, for your posterity, uh, to our their posterity, constrained and bound by a constitution. That couldn't do the job on its own unless the people were also willing to live within its constraints, which you know, it's interesting because am I, are you bound by the constitution? You weren't a signatory to it, nor was I, at least unless you're a reincarnated founding father that signed it at that point, framer, if you will. But the government and those who serve in government are supposed to be bound by the restrictions written into it because you've voluntarily entered into it you ran for office or if you're in the oligarchy and you take an oath or whatever the constitution has been long abandoned and when people say you get the government you deserve the question is have we constrained our own behavior in guidance from above or within from a creator that would set down parameters and say you know what this is good this is evil this is right this is wrong do we have the wherewithal to live within that without an external government trying to frighten us into behavior. Cause if you do this, this bad thing will happen to you. We'll put you in jail. Yet those people that are co-opted and corrupted in government, when they do those bad things, unless they're in the wrong political party, they tend not to be ever held to account. And that's a big problem. And perhaps that reflection of the, the body politic that may be shifting, maybe that we believe we can get away with stuff, or we would like to be able to get away with stuff then you have a reflection of those in government that believe as you do. You won't do good unless somebody's watching, right? And what is that definition of, you know, doing right, doing good when no one is looking and not looking for reward or to tout uh, that awesomeness, if you will. And how many people are willing and do that? Percentage-wise, I don't know. Is it the majority or is it the minority? I think arguably right now, maybe the minority, but maybe there's a resurgence or a renaissance in people wanting to do the right thing and also hold to account those that are not. And that's not wrong to do that. That's where we see some of the abandonment of the, the, the Democrat side are like, no law enforcement whatsoever. And granted, I'm not a big fan of law enforcement when they're enforcing things that shouldn't be law. They're not constitutional when it comes to a libertarian perspective of life. As long as I'm not violating your right to life, liberty, property, leave me alone. 
a lot of what police forces engage in is fundamental violations of your right to be left alone. So government is far superseded constitutional constraints or limitations, but again, perhaps reflected in our own behavior. Have we gone beyond right and wrong in our own lives and want to be able to get away with it? So we secretly applaud when government doesn't enforce things that should be enforced, not the stuff that's just nonsense regulations, for instance. I asked the question, I mean, the people that are, 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 you know, bringing up these issues in California, they tend to mention God or a creator. And that offends some people's sensibilities who have abandoned long since abandoned the religion of the youth. And look, whether you have or haven't, I'm not judging you on that, but the question is, how are you living your life in the absence of that? If you are now derelict of a basic decency to treat others as you would like to be treated, maybe there's something you need to be looking at and engaging in whatever that might be, whether it's a, a organized religion or not, that's not for me to say or, or, or recommend for you. But I would argue that those that say we need more God in our lives, I think they're arguing for the right thing, not by mandate, not by fiat, not by force or deception, but to acknowledge something far greater than government that has granted us the rights that government pretends it grants that are not rights, that are privileges. <sighs> lot to think about right now going on. A lot of uh, soul searching going on right now, and, and rightfully so. We need that. Now, from there, we move to the question of the day, which is a follow-up. This is coming from Nancy, who wrote in the other day. Hi, Robert and Don. You answered my question about the letters and numbers on homeopathic remedies, like an X, a C, and the numbers. Go back and listen to that if you missed it. But how does one determine what dilution to purchase? Oh, okay. Now that's a that's a that's a really good question too, and a, and it's a fair question, but it's not an easy answer. As a quote unquote trained homeopath, right? Clinically focused, my training looking at the terrain, the law of the terrain, that concept, and working with the drainage or drainage principles of healing the body, helping the body to heal itself. I was working with what we call low potencies or attenuations, 10x, 15x, that kind of thing for most of my training and application, which is extraordinarily low for those that are trained more classically or constitutionally. Now, if you're in a self-help homeopathic scenario, I would argue that deferring to those lower potencies or attenuations would be better. And if you're dealing with ongoing chronicities associated with toxic burdens on the body, knowing that the liver, the kidneys, the colon, the lymph are needing help, working with remedies that do that gently over time would be optimal, would be preferable. Now, if you're going to seek out a homeopathic professional that has been trained more classically and constitutionally, they're going to try to narrow down that choice to one remedy, and usually they'll give it in a higher potency. could be a 30C, 200C, could be a 1M, a 10M. LM potencies. I mean, you get into places and spaces that are very hard to explain in terms of reductionism because you're definitely not relying on substance at that point beyond the number of Avogadro, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. There's energy associated with that to go deep, deep, deep. So I would say initially, Nancy, if you're self-help, go for the 10X, the 12X, the 30X, 30C maybe, which is high potency for me in my training as a clinical homeopath but very low still for those that are trained otherwise. So there's never going to be a full-on agreement. You can ask 10 homeopaths, you'll get 10 different answers, in other words. So start low and build from there if you can. Uh, let's see, secondary uh, part of this. Also, can you elaborate on suggestions for tinnitus? 
Perhaps there is someone in the chat that may have ideas. Thanks, Nancy. Uh, well, Nancy, there are a number of remedies. And tinnitus is uh, uh, also a very strange thing. It's a multifactorial thing. It's not a one cause, one manifestation scenario. So people that have had tinnitus their whole life have tried every remedy that homeopathy can offer that we know of and not had a response to that. Yet others have hit one remedy and it's like, it's gone. It's amazing. So I'm going to open up my uh, Boraki Materia Medica. And in the Materia Medica, the Boraki has a repertory, which you can go and you can look up actually symptoms. So if you're not a trained homeopath and you don't know the remedies down cold, you can look at what they call a therapeutic index or uh, a, a repertory. And if I go down to tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on who you are, it suggests a few remedies here that are listed clinically in this Boraki book, including cannabis indica, cannabis as a homeopathic remedy, uh, carbonicum sulfuricum, I believe, and salicylic acid, interestingly enough, aspirin, the active ingredient of aspirin in a homeopathic form. So I'm just going to turn to one of the pages here uh, and let's look at uh, carbonium. I'm sorry, carbonium sulfuratum. It's the bisulfide of carbon. And it lists, interestingly enough, in the mind, irritable, anxious, intolerant, stupor, sluggishness of mind, hallucinations of sight and hearing. That's where they get the tinnitus. They call it a hallucination of hearing. Like it's not there, but it's there in you. You can hear it. No one else can hear it. So that's why it may be indicated. Now, if you go and look at that and you, you might want to dig into other aspects of the remedy to see, is there any other matching components that seem to indicate that remedy will hit a little bit more than just that one mention, for instance, whereas I clinically, and I know we're up against the break here, but real quickly would look at the general terrain of the body and say, Hey, have we done enough work for the liver and the detox pathways? Have we done enough work in the digestive pathways? Have we done enough, enough work with the inflammatory pathways systemically to clear the terrain and find out that the tinnitus was not really the problem. It was just in, you know, something that was going on in the midst of a whole lot of cacophony of things that have gone wrong. And I think I mentioned before a good chiropractic adjustment might be able to help as well. When we come back from this brief break, for those that want to stick around for the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show, I might ha have some more questions or you guys might have comments in the chat room. Happy to do some more of that discussion. And I thank you for being here. God bless you all. The power to heal is yours. All right, we are in the bonus round officially. All rules have been removed. It's no holes barred. What do y'all want to talk about? Do you want me to follow up on tonight's? I see some folks. Uh, Steve put some links in the show notes. I'm sorry, in the uh, chat room to uh, tinnitus remedies help. There are, again, there's way, way more than I can ever go through, even in one show. And there's bizarreness and mysteries uh, to tinnitus that are not all clear cut. And I've talked also about I'll bring this up real quick, Super Don, before you come back into the mix. The voice of God, of spirit, the sound. We often talk about God and the light of God, which is, you know, I saw the light, right? Go into the light. Don't go into the light. Wait, that was poltergeist. Uh, but what about the sound? The sound curtain. In the beginning, there was the word, and the word was made flesh. But the word indicates sound, does it not? How does God communicate with us? How does spirit communicate with us? light and sound. 
And so the sound is, you know, I, I, I've had that. I just remember back in the day and it's not the first time we've mentioned this back when the TVs were made with tubes, the tube TVs. And when you turned off the TV, you heard this high pitched sound for a while and then it would fade away. Like there was something associated with it, but some people, um, you know, in terms of tinnitus, Oh, Leslie, by the way, I just saw Leslie dropped in the chat room. Leslie, I'm confirmed. I'm going to the uh, event, the Reawaken America tour. And so, pie, P-I-E. I'm just saying. You don't have to. Just saying. Uh, but tonight is again, coming back to the sound of God, the sound, the voice. How do people hear it? And I think it's uh, unique to your experience. Everybody's got a different way to experience it. But in terms of uh, like singing or chanting the word hue, which I've mentioned from time to time, an ancient sacred word for God in human hue. And in fact, the Bible that I was handed uh, from the woman that married my wife and I at the temple years ago in 94, it was a Christian Bible. And in there was written in Fonti. It actually mentioned the lost word. It was a Christian Bible and it mentioned hue. So it's like, it doesn't belong to any religion, but utilizing that because I was bar mitzvah too. So I understood the power of chanting words and singing words and vibration of words. And of course, homeopathy vibration that it would open me up to sounds, experiences. And, and part of that was like, oh, what is that high-pitched hum sometimes you hear? Or the buzzing of bees. If you're not in the midst of bees, you could hear these sounds. So I'm trying to take a positive spin on tinnitus. And I knew this doesn't apply to everybody. But you'd hear a sound like a high-pitched hum and there's no high-tension wires around you. You don't have a tube TV that you just turned off. And you're like, what is that sound? And then I would cover my ears and the sound would get louder. So I knew it wasn't a sound from outside of me. And so some of you might be helped by just simply interpreting it, maybe just humor yourself or humor your, you, me or God or whatever, and just say, hey, is that you? Is that a voice that I'm hearing? Something that is comforting and enveloping and loving that may be interpreted as a, a pathology that might not be. Other aspects now, if I go into pathology of the sounds that might not be the God sounds, I, you know, I'm just throwing out options. That's all I'm doing. Not telling you what to believe or think. Uh, but in tinnitus where the presence of mercury has played a role in people that are mercury toxic, that they remove the mercury and the tinnitus goes away. Um, our dearly departed friend, Liam Sheff developed a tinnitus so bad after dental work that he ended his life. He couldn't escape it. It was all encompassing. It was maddening to him. Nothing allopathic, holistic, homeopathic, nothing was resolving it and finally he just had to go his nervous system couldn't handle it and i don't condemn him for it i mean i miss him like a brother but i wasn't suffering in that way i wasn't in his body experiencing what he experienced that he determined to be too much to to, to go on and there are people that are you know suffering my wife has suffered for years with pain in her jaw and you know we've managed to do things along the way to make it survivable and livable and yet her tenacity to be present and continue to work, you know, even as much as we've tried things that have helped certain things and not fully, we've tried that. We've tried that. We tried that. We tried everything, but we haven't tried that. She's still here. God bless you. Love you, honey. Thank you for doing that. But yes, tinnitus can be horrible and maddening. And I'm just trying to broaden the perspectives on it for those that want to experiment with chanting sacred words, praying somehow, maybe finding resolution there. Maybe adjusting, maybe detoxing, any number of things that could be possible. So with that, Super D, the bonus round is yours. 
This is the guy that says, hey, can you take over the show today? And here I am, not stopping. <laughs> Just like me, isn't it? It's mine, huh? All right. All, it's yours, all baby. Mine. All you, baby. All right. So what do we got left to do here? Um, mm-hmm. So tomorrow we should have Jonathan Emord. Okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. As usual, up. which is good. Emord4VA.com. That's right. Let's get him over the hump and get him started so he's officially running to beat Tim Kaine to become a United States senator out of Virginia. That would be awesome. Now, in hour two, we are mm-hmm. going to have Tess Laurie on. Oh, what's uh, the backstory there? Tess Laurie. I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. Uh, she has a sub stack. <clears throat> And I don't think I've got anything else on her at this point. I will get it from. Is she here? Here's what I'm going to ask this. Is she Kevin sent? Yeah, of course she is. Isn't that funny? Kevin sent. Kevin sent instead of heaven sent. Oh, there you go. You heard the rhyme. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's got So Well, uh, she's going to be good. We know she's going to be good. So Tess Laurie, you can find her at Dr. Tess Laurie. L-A-W-R-I-E dot substack.com if you want to. If I'm remembering correctly, and believe me, there's so I've been re- forgetting names today of people that you should know. That might be the doctor scientist researcher that you know <clears throat> confronted the you know the death rate due to blocking treatment for COVID, like uh, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, and called out the other researcher at the United Nations for not just getting behind it because he tried to alter the, 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 the conclusion of the study to say we need more study. If I'm not mistaken, that might be her. And I, again, just there's okay. so many people dancing through my head right now. Christine that, Allen says Tess was uh, trying to get the, uh, <laughs> I like how people talk in code, the mm-hmm. ivermectin recommendation uh, yeah. bowl up to the. That is, that party. is who it is then. That's okay. because in, in uh, Dell Bigtree's presentation, last couple of times I've seen him, he's, brought that video out so we might need okay, to cool. show that video i will see what i can do can, see if we can access the video of her talking to that united nations researcher person and calling him out and it was like it's a very gut-wrenching thing to witness as this guy is doing mental pretzel gymnastics to try and not acknowledge culpability in 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 you know de- deceiving the planet for his paymasters to keep this from the public so yeah, that'll be a powerful and profound hour as well. Um, Friday is a travel day. I've got to go to Austin or I get to go to Austin, so to speak, Texas. Any of you in Austin, Texas, I can say hi to when we're there. Uh, are we going to do an encore? Are we going to try and pre-record something for Friday? Have you thought Let's about an that? Encore. I'll pull an, I'll pull a, a, an encore. You found some it. really cool ones re- recently that people yeah. haven't seen in a while. I try. Okay. I try and find something that, that kind of stands out. Okay. So we'll do that on Friday. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to get some interviews on Saturday if it's not too all encompassing for Sunday. But again, you found some really cool archives. Now I feel better about it on those days. We can't do, you know, the recordings in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So yeah, go ahead. Leslie wants to know where my theme song is. What? You have a theme song? I don't have a theme song. What is super Don's theme song, Leslie? Please tell. <laughs> or maybe I don't want you. Maybe I shouldn't put that question out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure there'd be some good suggestions. Yeah. 
What else? What else? What else? Uh, I am still, I've been teasing the idea of putting together an RSB show marketplace. Yeah. I got to figure out how to, how to put that together mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a good way on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be a place where, uh, fans and, uh, viewers, listeners of mm-hmm. the Robert Scott Bell show can submit for our consideration, um, a listing of, what you do for a living, a service that you provide or something like that, that you could provide to the community. Um, and people can kind of go back and forth. If they're looking for somebody to do something or they need help with something. And you happen to be a specialist in that area and you've got a business right. or, or something like that. We can put that up there uh, for people to access. Uh, Don says, my theme is your, uh, yeah, you're never fully jabbed without a smile. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Oh, that one. Um, that was really funny. You're just singing Little Orphan Annie songs. That's right. That Show tunes. Uh, Next thing you know, you'll be wearing a dress. Wait, no, that's a stereotype, isn't it? Yeah, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? There was another thing. Did you see the email that I forwarded you today from Dan? Um, no. What is, what is this? Oh, okay. Here we go. I see it. Uh, Dan Larson. Uh, oh, you know, we put this out there uh, at the AMA as well. I think we've done it in one of the bonus rounds as well. And we, um, Bolden has used this. I didn't realize Michael Bolden used this. I, I don't just wasn't paying attention, I guess. But it, it, Dan Larson, patron supporter, says, Hi, Don. You recently mentioned that you're looking to buy a new board for the show. How much is the cost? And do you have any way to contribute for that cost? Now, I was joking with you about establishing naming rights for the board. <laughs> for the right? board, yes. So people could bid, you know, and help us to be able to get up to date on the technology in terms so of the board would story. have a name. It would be like have a, an official name or something like that when you right, uh, to right. the board, like, so, you would call it by name. So, like, if Dan Larson decided, "Hey, I want to donate so you can get the board," and we go, "All right," we'd refer to the board as if you wanted the Dan Larson board. Right. As a, you know, a thank you, like an acknowledgement. <laughs> that's how you do it. It's because that's how they name stadiums, isn't it? It's like you get, you get publicity for it. I don't know that Dan's I into like that. that. that but sounds, that's, that's, it sounds catchy. I like it. Yeah. But it's just, uh, just the thought in terms of yeah. added value. If somebody says, Hey, you know what? They're broadcasting the Robert Scott Bell show on the, you know, name your business board. Right. Because you've supported right. it and, and it, we're able to get it. So <laughs> if you can show, do you have the visual of this board, the road, something, Road yeah, master. hold on here. What is it called? Let me grab it here. And okay. and for me, I'm traveling on uh, the, uh, what is it now, the name of the board I use? It's uh, Next Generation, but it's old now. There's yeah. a picture of it. What am I using when I go on the, bo- the, the road? Oh, the, the um... oh, now it's contagious. Stupid <sighs> names that we all, all know and forget just at that moment. Today has been that kind of day. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it is. Look at it. Keep talking about this. I'll be right back. Yeah. So this, this, uh, this, the the board that you see here on the screen, aside from being very colorful, uh, uh, this here has a whole bunch of, um, let's just say it's it's got a lot of features that Robert doesn't have the ability to use right now. Yeah, it's a Comrex board, the old Comrex. Comrex, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It used to be ISDN and POTS. Right. And then went to uh, uh, ISDN. No, I'm sorry. I see. Um, uh, Cat5 right. or Ethernet. I don't know what Leslie's doing. She's mocking us here. Why the blabbity blab, us? she says. Yes. 
So, okay, for, for those what? of you who don't understand what a board is, okay. The blabbity blab board. Okay. What happens is, is you plug cables and stuff in it, like like Robert's microphone right now. Yeah. That microphone yeah. has a cord, and that cord XLR. is going to go, uh, eventually is going to tap into a board where you have these faders that go up and down. They're like volume things that go up and down mm -hmm. and stuff, right? Yeah. And it allows you to connect everything together. And then that broadcasts the sound out to the internet or, okay. One of the yeah. cool things about this board is that this Robert will allow you to patch phone calls. into Whoa. the show. Live phone calls. We, yes. Which we have Dude. talked about in a law yeah. for a long time that we haven't been able to do. Oh this gosh. has an interface that will allow you to be able to take phone mm -hmm. calls. Okay. Which, you know, when we've had a guest that's come on, they're just like, oh, you know, my computer doesn't work right or the internet sucks or whatever. And we completely miss out on an amazing interview. This will be, I have a plan B where they will be able to actually call in on a phone and you'll be able to have a conversation with them. Wow. Excuse me, on the air. Yeah. Uh, this has the technology built into it that it'll allow you to, to uh, connect a phone to it. So, you know, that's just one of, of many things. And, uh, ideally in a perfect world well i think robert and i would want to try and arm wrestle over it but <laughs> no it would make, i'm it would make more sense no it would make more sense for you to have one first mm -hmm. because this is something you'll be able to use on the road and you'll be yeah, able to use perfect. and you've got you've got the xlr microphones i don't okay, so you're yeah. like set like when you get this so, you'll be able to plug it in and use it right so away. super d does this go then an output directly into a computer as well then obviously so the, the uh, audio via, interface yes, via yeah. uh, USB. It's okay. it, it, it's how, how it would connect into the computer. Okay. So yeah. I, I, my intent in putting it out to the universe, so to speak, to the audience, whatever, is that you would get one as well. I would get one, and we would be up to that level of technology for the you know coming new year. You know, we're in October, November, December. Yep. If it happens before the end of the year, great. But that's just what we put it out there. I don't know how to, you know, put it out there other than. Well, that. and Dan sent us an email, and he said, you know, it's, it's like okay, so maybe some people might be interested in doing this. So I, here's here's the idea I've got. Um, if you would like to contribute to uh, helping us get this upgrade for the Robert Scott Bell Show, mm -hmm. there's two ways you can do it. If if you are feeling extremely generous, uh, I've put a banner up on the website, and I know some of you are are not big fans of Amazon. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, if you don't have a problem with ordering something via Amazon for the show, there is a banner up on the website that you can click on that will take you to a, a Christmas wish list oh. for the Robert Scott Bell Show, and the this Roadcaster Two is on there, and it's one of those things, and you could just buy it outright. Okay. If, you, if that's what you choose to do, and we would shower you with with love and <laughs> and ad admiration. For doing or if you want that. board naming rights, we'll consider that too. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If the event that you just want to contribute towards the board, mm -hmm. uh, there is a donate button on the website. If you go to robertscottbill.com, and I believe I'm not mistaken that when you go, if you want to uh, do a donation, I'm trying to pull it up real quick here so I can yeah. show you. Uh, if you want to do a donation, uh, you can attach a note to it, to the donation. And you can just put in there, you know, this is for the, the, the upgrade to the board, the new audio board for the, uh, for the show. Okay. Cool. So that's two ways. I try to make it as easy as possible. And there's your, uh, let me refresh the page actually here. Mm -hmm. Boom. So you can see over on the right-hand side there, you've got the donate button and you've got the Amazon wishlist button. Okay. You click on the Amazon wishlist, it goes straight to here and there's some things. And we I might didn't know the board was there. 
I didn't yeah, know that. Okay. Yep. Cool. So right. that's that. Or if you want to do the uh, PayPal donate, then it'll take you to this page. And when you go to donate, then it'll, I'm pretty sure it'll allow you to. And I uh, know that you, nobody's a fan of PayPal now, much less Amazon, but. I know, dude. Why is it? Why are they making things so dang difficult for us? I you know? know? Yeah. Well, I, all I can say is we can use it as long as we can use it. So hopefully yep. we keep going there. So anyway, thank you, Dan, for the email. And um, if you're watching, uh, I'll, I'll shoot you an email back. But if you're watching, that is right now the best way I can think of to to do that. Okay. So I am confirmed again for the uh, the Reawaken America Tour, Clay Clark, uh, Branson, Missouri. So now I can say I've been reluctant. I've been dragging my feet, partly because Clay is hard to get a hold of. And I'm like, I don't have details of this thing. I'm not just going to show up. It's a big deal to go out there. But uh, he called me this morning. I was in the greenhouse, so it was perfect timing. I could talk to him, and he gave me everything. He sent me the information. I sent it to you, Super D. So mm-hmm. I will be speaking. I will have a booth, so to speak, and uh, I will be broadcasting and interviewing at that event. And I I will be certain to have silver and copper shots, too, for everybody there. So if you're, if you're under the weather, if you need a little help, thanks to our friends, Sovereign Silver, Sovereign Copper, we'll cover you there, too. Uh, so that that for tends to be a really cool event. Now I've just got to, here's, so. here's what yeah. I'm thinking when you're going to be at that event. Yeah. You're going to have, and according to what Clay said, you're going to have access to a lot of people yeah. to be able to uh, interview. Mm-hmm. So typically what we would, we would do if you were on one of these, these things is you would pre-record a bunch of interviews. Mm-hmm. Something we could do, which would be different is we could do a special broadcast sure outside of just the show where it was just you know live from you know the reawaken america tour and you could just interview people just boom 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 you could do you know a couple three hours or something like that of of just Mm -hmm. interviewing and talking with people yeah it would be the first time we've ever done anything like that but we have the ability to do it we do and I don't know that we'll have the new board yet by then, but that'd be cool if we did. But that's really moving things forward fast. Yeah. I will do it however. We'll be there. Okay. That's that's it. And then again, Red Pill Expo coming up. We've got links to get tickets to that. You can watch it online streaming. I'll be emceeing and speaking. And you could be there in person, Salt Palace Convention Center. I'd love to see you guys in Salt Lake City for that event. That's going to be cool. Really cool. All right. Murdoch has a grievance. Yes. What is the grievance? He. Okay, just like I predicted on last night's AMA, Ula and Leslie won last night during the contest. I think this is rigged in order for you two to get an endless supply of yummy organic pastries. Oh, he, he's on to us. Murdoch is on to us. Between pierogi and pie, we're going to make sure that they keep winning. That's just the way it goes. We Murdoch. would never do that. What do you got, Murdoch? <laughs> just grief, grievance. <laughs> Has Murdoch never won anything? I think he has. I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. I think he's. Ju- I think he's just giving us some grief. The Murdoch can dish it out. But again, the good thing about Murdoch is he can also take it. It's not one of those snowflakes. So that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Pat challenges them to a bake off. Now that would be cool. You know what? If Pat, if you can make it, we're we're still planning on this. Now that Leslie's got their hopefully forever, you know, Earth home anyway. Uh, that Missouri next August, perhaps we were talking about it this year, didn't happen because they moved. But to do a, like a Robert Scott Bell show family reunion with 
a weekend of music and talks and you know crafts and festival all kinds of things and it, wouldn't it be the most amazing thing to have a bake-off between pat and leslie and Ula? <laughs> that would be amazing i agree and speaking I like of that. pat Speaking yeah. of Pat, I got an email from her just not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about getting her on the show. Still going to do that. Um, okay. And so, Pat, I'll, I'll reach out to you here soon. We can mm -hmm. get you on. We can do a foodie interview. Okay. I think that would be cool. That would be cool. Now, I've right, got to so, Oh, by the way, real quick, Super D, I've got to come up with a talk title and a brief description or something for the Clay Clark event. You know, it's a 15-minute power-packed presentation. I'm like, holy crap, he wants that today? Yeah, well, yeah. you know, we, we, we kind of chatted about it a little bit um, before the show, and mm -hmm. I know that you're accustomed to doing, um, you know, things that's, you know, talking about health. Not that that's a bad thing, but I'm thinking you might need to let your uh, your freedom and liberty freak flag fly fly a little bit more with a, a little, little bit, bit of more than maybe normal um yeah. this that. audience is a different audience they yeah. they've never heard some of this stuff i mean of course they've had batar so he's covered some of it i guess so we'll see i'll talk to rashid about it too are you nervous you know what i'm not nervous honestly it's so it's more or less i know i can tailor a talk it's just uh, it's the crunch time but honestly i'm i'm feeling overall really good this week has been amazing back at the gym i was uh you know as i said i was rebounded from last week the previous week when i was not doing so well compared to what i'm nor normally doing and here it is uh middle of the week and i'm still leading the challenge of the week the, the 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 max out so all nine rounds pushed to the limit and uh you know i went back in yesterday and today and my abs are sore as you know what i'm like oh man but still recovering quicker than uh last week for sure so i'm feeling good and if i maintain that level of uh strength and fitness and good clean food which i will then i'll be okay for the clay clark event we'll do it even though i was kind of pushing to go oh, maybe i don't have to i could be home i'm not i got to be there my wife insisted it, and she was right so here we go all right so before we end here let's take a quick look at the poll of the day uh, went mm -hmm. out in today's newsletter, goes out every day and every newsletter, Monday through mm -hmm. Friday. And then on Sundays, sometimes I get to it, sometimes I miss it. But for the most part, I'll do a best of the week uh, newsletter, the most read articles mm -hmm. of the week yeah. and send that out. But this was in today's. The question is, how might rising food prices impact your Thanksgiving meal this year? Mm. The options I threw in there were we will be looking for more sales this year. We'll be using more coupons. We will have to cut back on food this year. Ooh. We will have fewer guests. Mm -hmm. We won't be impacted at all. And then not sure. Wow. You know what? I could understand not sure on this. Yeah. One. Yeah. No, there could be a lot of not sure's on this one. I, you know, I'm, I'm usually good at picking out the one that wins or the lead. This one's going to be all over the map. I think this okay. is going to be a little but bit. One has anything. to have more than, than any of them. Okay, we'll be looking for one answer sales. to rule them all. Which one do you sales think? and coupons are almost the same thing? That's kind of they're going to split the uh, infinitive there. Okay, uh, cutting back on food this year, hmm, fewer guests won't be impacted at all, dude. Ah, man, I'm getting the the the, the mix, but I'm thinking a winner was not going to be a a dominant winner. It's going to be subtle and close. Okay, am, am I am I close on that prediction? I don't know. You don't know that you don't I'm know. I'm going to show you. In a minute. Not, dude, what are you looking for? Hints? Yes. Pick something, dude. 
You would right. you would so not do good in Vegas. I'm telling you. Oh no, I, that's true. I agree with that. <laughs> You're not a gambler. I'm not um, either. To be honest with you. You you know what? I would love if this were true. I don't know if it's going to be there, but we won't be impacted at all. It would be amazing if that's the thing. I don't know that that would be the answer. Thirty-one point two percent. Oh, it's close. We will be looking for more sales this year. Was uh, the first answer just over that we won't be impacted at just all? Just barely. Yeah. Okay. So the top three there yeah. are, are uh, looking for more sales, which, you know, whatever. Why not? Why not? Yeah, right. I mean, who, yeah. who doesn't? Who goes yeah. out looking for the most expensive stuff? Right. Yeah. Um, won't be impacted at all. And then we'll have to cut back on food this year. Well, well, yeah, that yeah. kind of so, sucks, I guess. But right. No, but it's an economic reality for some. And uh, even those that are doing OK, still more of their money is going into food purchases than ever before because that's the priority obviously it, you realize that at one point you know i can appreciate the cutting back on food thing and i'll tell you i uh i i uh let me let me just check something okay shoot, make sure no shoot. one's looking all right what? um my wife has a tendency to be very extravagant when it comes to holiday meals yes she doesn't do it anything part way and, and you know, because I've 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 sent you pictures. I know I've seen it. It's a lot, <laughs> and it's just like whoa, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, I, I'm more of kind of the minimalistic type of of, of guy. I think a lot of guys are. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, look, you know, happy Thanksgiving, turkey, mashed potatoes, vegetable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some other and, and some pie. Ta-da! It's yeah. not about so much about the food as it is about everybody getting together and having a good time. Right. Yeah. So, you know, maybe the, the cutting back on things, depending on what your situation is, maybe that's not such a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you just kind of keep it simple. Yeah. Um, and, and celebrate the, um, you know, the day for more about mm-hmm. to being together and being yeah. thankful and stuff rather than, uh, you know, a seven course meal and 57 snack trays yeah. and, you know, well, here, here's a, a, one strategy besides coupons and discounts, getting closer to the source of your food, right? If you, if you, for instance, find, let's say a local butcher, that's not a middleman. It's like they're getting the meat directly. They're cutting it and they have their own little shop that mm-hmm. can save you a lot on purchases of animal proteins. If you do that, uh, otherwise, you know, direct access to the farmers, just thinking more and more about that. And, and I'm going to work on this. This lady I met at the uh, Pittsburgh event through Health Hut stores, the farm match, you know, and we talked yesterday. We had a great discussion about um, the was what Red Acres or something. Red Acres connection. Center, yeah, yeah, Red Acre Farm. So I like that removing the middleman. Those those are these mass retailers. The closer you get to the source of production, the more you can save on the things that you used to buy through, you know, jacking it up through the retail level. All right. So just think about that. And and I'm going to try and see if I can do this farm match thing. I think that's what it's called uh, before then. See if we can get everybody hooked up. So yeah. Steven uh, suggests that organic homemade pizza would, would be a great option for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Why not? You there are some people though, that would want to throw something at you for even suggesting something like mm-hmm. that. I remember back yeah. years ago when, when my, uh, my previous wife and I split up mm-hmm. and I had kids over and, uh, we had enchiladas for Thanksgiving and my, my yeah. ex-wife wanted to like strangle me. <laughs> That's I mean, why what, she's your ex. How could you have yeah. enchiladas for Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just like, ah, you know what? 
Mm-hmm. It was a great dinner, and we all had a good time, and everybody hung out. And and to me, it's just like, does it have to be turkey? I mean, there's there's a poll question that will be tomorrow's poll question. Okay, that'll be a good one, right? Yeah. Do you have? Is it required that you must have turkey on Thanksgiving? Would something else be be appropriate? Mm-hmm. There are some people that have very strong feelings about that. Believe that. Or but not. remember, all of these uh, holidays have been marketed into selling certain products too. So our yeah. cultural norm. Oh, I know. It is a culture. Hall- Listen, it, it is. It's hallmarked into reality, right? So. I'm, I'm, is, I'm, you know, I'll let go of it. It is but, a cultural thing, but, but uh, it is a, you know, if you have pleasant memories surrounding it, it's nice to do it if you can, but the more you get closer to the source of production of food, the less expensive it will be less people have touched it in the hand, you know, that jack up the prices. So <laughs> that might be a strategy to save money this time, get closer and closer to the source of production. Become there was it. an episode of everybody loves Raymond. I think it was where they mm-hmm. had a Christmas bass. <laughs> And it was just super funny because they were just talking about a Christmas bass. Mm-hmm. It was a big old giant fish. But you know, whatever. Like I said, it's it's yeah. it's is it really about what you eat or is it about the company what you, you keep? Do, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hey. Well, thanks to Bala for his quote, comment of the day and Nancy for her follow up question of the day. Uh, thanks as well for the tenacity ah, of our new friend. Uh, That's Melissa O'Connor. Uh, who hopefully we'll see in December when we're down there in San Diego area, uh, as well as those that are going to go this Saturday to that event. And we have all of that linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Text RSB to 22828 to become part of the newsletter, subscribers, and anything else I forgot? Anything else? We've, we've gone. Uh, no, I think we, uh, we've worn out our welcome here. Been a very sociable show overall, though. A lot I like of, it that way. For, I think it's for, good. You know, the shows that I'm least prepared for tend to be good. Why is that? You're least repairing. Yeah, you know, you're right. Sometimes, for the most part. Yeah. I get out of my own it's way. It's the more you, yeah, if you overthink yeah. it, the more you think you overthink it, the. I know that's not true for everybody, but it tends to be. Everybody mean... has, has different styles. Yeah. Um, some some talk show hosts, you know, it's just it's just up to them what their, their style is. Some of them can just read the phone book and, and that, you know, it doesn't even matter. Um, yeah. Some people will spend. A gazillion hours like Jerry when I used to work. Dude, dude would get up at like three in the morning. And Rapping if you looked it, in yeah. his studio, yeah. he had, I don't know how many reams of paper this guy would go through in a week. Yep. But he would print out articles, highlight things, circle things, stuff like that. And he would like stack, you know, like, 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 you know, 10, 15, 20 different story, you know, things, stapled packets of paper of each individual article all on top, like collated. On, on the desk and you would reach over and pick things up and stuff you'd highlight yeah i mean wow oh yeah dude i i i, re- I look i used to print out a lot in the early years so i just kind of have a yeah. guide to go along but uh i remember being at jerry doyle studio but that was his that style paper. you know yeah. that, that's what he did yeah just got a uh, a breaking news thing here rock and roll legend jerry lee lewis has died at the age of 87 dude i didn't even know he was still alive did you? i didn't either yeah i didn't either i thought he was hit it already died wow Jerry Lee Lewis, 87 years old. Marty likes organic shows better. Our organic shows are better. You think so? Look, you know, I, it's funny because it's like, I, I feel like, you know, 
I'm, I'm one of those like prepare for things kind yeah. of a guy, you know? And yeah. so it's like when, when we get on these things where we're just, and I'm just like whatever interacting and talking to like that, I feel like I'm like boring as heck, you know, it's just like, I'm just rambling on, you know, yeah. saying stuff, but, but, but more authenticity from super Don people love, I guess I don't yeah. know. it's all your fault, man. I never wanted to be on the air. I know that's funny. That was never that. my thing. It you was were like, never going to be the celebrity. I was supposed to be the guy in the background. Yeah. You're like, Hey, come here. Come on over here. Real quick before we wrap it up. I think there was a comment from somebody about cardio miracle. That was really cool, but it was way early in the show today. That was a success story from Ula. Did you? Oh, well, that's what it was. Where is I it? Can you read it. that? Hold on, let me find it real quick yeah. here. That was Where cool. Did it go? Because you guys can uh, still get deals. I on think it's too long ready. to fit on the screen. Okay, so well, maybe speaking, not. Speaking of cardio miracle, I have a miracle report. Ula says my father-in-law, who was 83 years young, went to have his heart test done, including EKG, and the doctor was shocked how great condition his heart was in, just like a young man's heart. That's awesome. Ula, thank you for sharing that. That's really great. I like that. That is cool. Okay. All right. With that, that you guys have indulged us for long enough. You get on with your day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing this show. And uh, God willing, we'll be back less than 22 hours from now. We've gone long. We're almost, almost a three-hour show today. Yay. Two and a half hours. That's enough. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. And we take, will see take a tomorrow. break, you hosers. I'm All talking right. to my Canadian friends. Have a good evening. Later, staters. Say hi. Come on, get up. Come on. There. Go on. Come on. Come on. There we there go. There you go. All right. All right. Now it's complete. Now I can't see anything. Ha, ha, ha.